Good evening and welcome to El Osa Fumar Takes. This is our 163rd take live from the Lone Star Alec Bradley Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Bear Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. You never know what's going to happen when this man walks into the building. But before I get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate announced the latest Freestyle Live event packs with mysterious, new, disruptive plot twist all right so drew estates will air freestyle live special edition on thursday may 6th it's just under a month from today on its facebook live page as always and it's usual broadcast time 7 to 9 p.m eastern time but this episode will be a shocker to both consumers and trades alike so get ready here's the scoop leading up to the freestyle live broadcast drew estate will be shipping participating retailers across the u.s a limited amount of freestyle live event packs that will include three of new ultra premium Cigars without the bands, a travel humidor, cutter, lighter, and a raffle ticket. The identity of the newly released cigars will remain an on-air tight secret right up to the moment that the Drew Estate ambassadors reveal their identity during the show. So stay tuned and check out who, those retailers that will have these Freestyle Live special event packs. And check out the Freestyle Live on May 6th. That's just a month under from today for that special event. And Tagard Show is also sponsored by Oveja Negra Brands, four unique companies who share a passion to provide, provide innovative cigars for the next generation of cigar enthusiasts. Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissident, and Emilio are combining premium tobaccos with their artisanal touch. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock and visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. And welcome, everyone. It is my pleasure, it is my privilege... I don't know what we're all in store for tonight, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Our guest tonight, sponsored by United Cigars, Smoke One Today, and Start Living United, Mr. Juan Cancel of Protocol Cigars. Juan, how are we doing tonight? Good evening, everyone. Uh, let me uh, apologize because this uh, short delay was my fault. Uh, Bear did tell me to get here earlier, and I tried, but sometimes, you know, it's a little tough doing things, uh, but I did get here, and then... Uh, I'm actually at the studio by myself. Kevin, my partner, is somewhere else doing uh, uh, spreading the protocol love at a, at, a, at a shop somewhere, and he couldn't make it to help me. And uh, but I did call him, and he helped me to get on, and he told me what I needed to do. And lo and behold, I hear. But if I had listened to Bear and gotten here earlier, uh, we would have gone off without a, 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 a hitch. But it is what it is, and that's what uh, life's about. Just uh, rolling with the punches, right? Something happens, you keep on going, keep moving. Absolutely. Say la vie, Juan. I mean, I think, I think we, I think we did good, man. I mean, uh, came, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And at the time and, and uh, yeah. we, we got the ball rolling. You got a glass port. So did I, I lit yes. a cigar. I mean, yes. All, all is good. All is good. All is good. All is good. Good conversation, great cigars, great drinks, and, uh, you know, good people. So I'm excited to be here. So thank you, uh, uh, for having me on again. This is my second appearance on your show. And, I believe what was it, hundred? How many takes was it from the last one to now? You said Some well, great stats. Yeah, yeah, you've so it was actually uh, quite a while ago when you actually made an appearance. You were on take number thirty. Wow! So it's been a hundred and thirty-three takes since the last you, time you were. Do on. you have the the date that one aired? What was the date? Do you have oh, that? now 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 you're really testing me. I can find that out. It was. I don't uh, it. But I'm I know scared. it's it's been a while. It was uh, you At know least two years maybe. Oh yeah, easily. 
easily. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a lot has happened in two years with the company, with the world, with the world, and yeah. a few more releases which we'll talk about, which I'm excited to get into. But uh, let's start with uh, what we're smoking and drinking. And since I'm I've partially taken over your show, I might as well just tell you what I'm <laughs> drinking. Let's do it. Uh, something here in the office. It's uh, Old Forester Straight Kentucky Bourbon. This is 100 proof. So I'm not going to do too much of this. But this is actually, for being 100 proof, it's actually pretty nice. It's uh, very smooth. I don't know if you ever had Old uh, Forester before. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty decent. I'm not a humongous bourbon guy. But Kevin is, and since we do uh, a lot of hanging out together, I, my palate has grown uh, to enjoy bourbons a little bit more. I still wouldn't do that. The Pappy, you know, the, the was it Pappy Van Winkle? That's really expensive. I, you know, that that to me is lost. But something like an average thing, I, it's not terrible. I've uh, I like scotches a lot, and. Oh, what I'm smoking, I'm actually smoking uh, one of our newest release, the uh, Protocol Elliot Ness Maduro in the uh, owner's Vitola, which is basically a double Corona. And it smokes phenomenal. Awesome. I, I, I was just talking to you a little bit about before uh, we popped on air here that, uh, that I haven't had the, the opportunity to smoke the Elliot Ness yet. And that's yeah. something I'm looking forward to. This to was smoking. actually, th- this was actually kind of uh like a spur of the moment thing that happened, I guess, you know, you had an opening, whatever, and you asked me, but had we, had we like planned it in time, I would have definitely mm-hmm. sent you a little care package with uh, stuff for you to try. And um, I am going to send you stuff anyway. Um, but we just, it was, it's insane what happened. It's just like, we lit and I was talking to you all fair about this. We just got 250 boxes of each, the natural Maduro. And within not even a week, it was all gone. Cause we did some pre-ordering and they were just all gone. We, we put in a new order. We, we, we really didn't expect it to go that fast, but we put a new order in and uh, these actually made it AJ and uh, AJ's people told us that once I put in, in uh, an order with Eric, because everything's already done. The box has already been made. It's that first initial when they first putting everything together, it takes long, but he said about 30 days. So hopefully within a month we'll get, the, we'll get them back, but they are available in the stores. If people look around, you know, I know, uh, uh, we were talking about uh, Brian Lewis, a caravan earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got he's got a bunch of boxes. I know like uh, Abe is smoking. He got ordered a bunch of boxes. And you know, if you guys Google them, you'll find you'll find out who who sells them. But usually, well, n- well now that you said it, they're going to be sold out. So yeah, you're just right. dis- you just disappointed a bunch of people, but that's fine. No, I I, I speaking of Brian, you mentioned Brian, um, and I we were talking about him off air, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to be smoking tonight. I've got some uh, got some um, some of his stuff, including the. I got two J trains here. This is nice. uh, the newest newest uh, partnership yes. with him. Correct. But it all started with the paddy wagon, which yes, uh, which uh, Brian was kind enough uh, to get me a couple of these. We're gonna uh, do. A, I'm gonna do a toast and shout out to uh, John Reamer, which created the uh, Johnny Cuts Unsmoked. I always mess this up. Johnny Smokes Uncut. It's a great Facebook group, but he started it, and uh, you know we are a lot of times support. Facebook, Facebook groups, cigar groups, and things of that nature. So the first cigar we actually made for a Facebook group was called the Fat Ash. We did Fat Ash year one, two, and three. And we did three of those releases, which were pretty awesome. Uh, Mexican San Andreas, my little rapper, Nicaragua by the filler. All of them sold out. A little bit of run, but these are the kind of things we do for uh, for our friends. And, and John Reamer has become you know, a great friend uh, to the company. And uh, he has a great Facebook group. So we decided, you know, it's always been his dream to have his own cigar and his nickname is the J train. Cause it's, you know, John 
but uh you know we did that event that the event yeah we actually did an event and we did the cigar the initial release was at brian's but if if popular if what do you think of the cigar you're smoking it mm-hmm. well this is uh this is my this will be my third and if we get to the the second one that i brought out into the studio it'll be my fourth j trains um i i i have really enjoyed it um you know, I was talking about this the other day about Hector specifically, and uh, the, of course the the master blender that uh, does all of your cigars there at mm-hmm. Protocol. He's awesome. I love he, him. A lot he, of respect. He, he really is, and and I I feel like he just he makes cigars that really kind of speak to my palate. Uh, at least in the last few years, obviously, uh, it just seems like they just they really they just really hit my my palate really well and. They have that kind of what we call that Lazona signature in some right. cases, but we're going to get to a couple of cigars that specifically that you all do that, that don't. And right. that's, that's kind of a tease. I, I know uh, a lot of people don't like teases, but I have to say this paddy wagon though. And I was telling Brian this, um, you know, this paddy wagon is the, is the best, I guess you can call it LE that you guys have done. Right. It's actually um, really good. So what we do, um, I'll talk about the, the paddy wagon for a minute. So, um, you know, we are a small company and we really like to small, help uh, uh, small brick and mortars. You know, it's great having accounts with like Famous and CI and JR and Smokin' and all these beautiful big accounts, big online guys. They're awesome. And but we want to, you know, Kevin and I really feel that brick and mortars are the uh, backbone of this industry. And, you know, with the big buyers, like they buy in bulk and they're able to do different kind of things. But sometimes the brick and mortar guy, you know, those guys suffer. So what we try to do is we do some limited things where people can only buy them at specific brick and mortars. And, um, and Brian, uh, has been a great, his family has been supporters of us from the beginning. So the way Brian uh, actually got into the game, uh, was he was just a cigar nerd, just like, kind of like us. And, decided he's going to venture off and build his own business. It was called Caravan Cigar Company because literally what they would do out of the back of the family caravan, they would uh, go to these uh, sort of festivals in Pennsylvania. Like in Pennsylvania, you have uh, beer fest, garlic fest, bacon fest, music fest, all these different festivals in the area. And what he would and what they do is they have these great festivals and they give uh, uh, merchants like a certain area and you go and you spend X amount of dollars to rent the space and you get a booth or whatever. And then basically whatever it is you want to sell from you guys have been to flea markets and you, you from trinkets to, to whatever. So it started with like a lot of beer fest and he just set up his table and just put out a bunch of cigars. And uh, he thought it was a good idea. And he just gave him one, one easy price, $10 across the board. Didn't matter what it was. It was just $10, make it easy. So you don't have to worry about change and this and that. And he'd go with a bunch of stuff and he just, boom, sell out, sell out. And he started doing that for about two years. And it was a great business model. He still does it now. But then I guess they took off so much that they actually build a uh, or they opened a brick and mortar location. It's actually in Bath, Pennsylvania, and it is the most uh, beautiful cigar shop I've ever seen in all of Bath, Pennsylvania. But it's also the only cigar shop in Bath, Pennsylvania. I always break Brian's balls about that. But uh, yeah, so it's a <laughs> great little place. And uh, it's, it's got such a, if you ever get a chance to come down here in the Northeast, uh, Bear, you got to check out his store. It's really, it has like the feel of you're in your living room. So it's very homey. It's got a great vibe, great energy, and it's just an amazing place. So when we do these limited edition cigars with uh, companies, we always want to incorporate the 
the feeling, the soul of that particular uh, business uh, into the project. So what we do is we actually uh, work hand in hand with the cigar owner, the, the, the cigar shop owner. So in this case, it was Brian. So we actually, we put them through the same stuff that Hector puts us through when we're, take, when we're choosing a, 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 a blend. So, cause we don't just do what, we don't just don't do something, just get it done. We actually incorporate and we want the cigar own the cigar shop owner to be to feel like it's their baby. The same way every every one of our cigars are babies, we want this cigar to be that guy, that person's baby. So with Brian, you got the name of the company. It's called Caravan Cigar Company. So I told you what the backstory was with the caravan. Mm-hmm. So you know how we do the everything has to be somewhat law enforcement based themed. Uh, the only one that was never law enforcement based or themed was the Guadalupe, which was our first ever exclusive that we did six years ago. I was going to ask about that later on in the show. Because uh, I've, because I, well, to. no, I was just going to say, I like, I, I know that that has been a theme for obviously for you, but I want, yeah. I, I wanted to hear the story because I've, I figured there was some like obscure arm, was, uh, you know, law enforcement reference, but you're telling no, me there's not. On that one, no. So that one was our first one. So it's kind of weird. Like, you know, we, we decided to do, like, you look at our company now, six years later, everything kind of looks like it was all, this perfect design that it was meant to, but it was, it was very organic and it just grew that way. And it grew naturally through our passion and our love and the respect for this industry and the cigar and the people more, more important than anything is the people that we deal with our consumers, our, 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 our fans, our supporters, the people that like our cigars, like Lazona, you know, and that's our engagement is like one of the probably one, one of the tops and, and as far as, you know, small, uh, brick, um, uh, boutique companies you know like we anytime somebody makes a comment i actually spend hours like it's a job like i go and look at people that comment or post my if they tag me i always try to say thank you i try to share so engagement is very important because i remember you know when i was on the other side of the fence and i was just a cigar nerd and i still am actually um Mm -hmm. like if i posted something by from pete johnson i posted i tag everybody tags the guy but you know pete's not gonna and if I if he ever wrote something like thanks or a thumbs up, it just made you feel good. So I said, you know something, I'm gonna, and I do that, and I spend hours doing that, I, and I, it's something very important to us. So uh, so basically, yes. Yeah, so you know how everything we do. So the first one was Guadalupe, and we just did an exclusive, something small. We just tried it. We didn't really think about making it law enforcement themed because it was just like this limited release thing. So we it was it was a double Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper. Uh, 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 and binder. So we was like, there's a lot of Mexico in here. And when you think about Mexico, you think about the, uh, the Guadalupe. So we did like a small production run. I think it was like 200 bundles. Those sold out. Those are really unique. We didn't even put bands on it, but it, that was so early on in our, in our, in our, I guess, growth that that was something we, that was our first shot and it, we, it did well and right, let's continue to do it. But now when we do all these projects, we're going to make them um, somehow law enforcement theme. So back to Brian. So how do you take the word caravan and turn it into law enforcement? How do you <laughs> to make that connection? So you think of caravan, you think of a van. How do how do cops use van? And then it just hit me one day. It was the paddy wagon, and I right. I, I pitched it to uh, to Brian Lewis, and they loved it. And actually, uh, we had a friend of mine, uh, Kevin Haluska. He did the artwork, and he was outside. I said, "Listen, do it for this. Is what I'm envisioning." And do this for me. And, and, and that's how, like, he's actually a friend of mine, Kevin Haluska. Shout out to him that I've seen him. He does good artwork, but it started just like him 
you know, coming to our, our, our events and I asked, man, can you do this? And he did a great job in the packaging. It has a picture of uh, Brian, Ted and Kevin, and they're in some prison, prison stripes with a caravan and pretty, uh, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how the, the paddy wagon was, uh, was, was born. And I think uh, Coop actually recently did a, re- a nice review on it too. Gave it a 90. Uh-huh. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and, and his, uh, his ratings have gotten a lot harder lately. Yes. Lately. A coupe, a, a coupe, a coupe 90 is like a 96 for everybody else. Yeah. It's like the, the, the coupe standard of excellence. It's right there on uh, either it's, it's either buy multiples or buy a box. Yeah. And I think some of the, some of that, even like, it, it's interesting too. Cause I think a lot of it, uh, the price goes into it on as far as not the rating per se, mm-hmm. but the, the, the buying capacity, the buying recommendation has a lot to do with like yes. the price point on it. Absolutely. So I think, I think it was, I think it was box worthy. Yes. If, I, if if not mistaken, it was box worthy. Um, because like there's there's fight Chuck Norris over him, which is that's that's up there. But um, the Coupe Standard of Excellence has is either buy multiples depending on the price point, yes. buy a box box worthy mm-hmm. or uh or a fight Chuck Norris for him. Quick so. toast to Coupe. I like I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Shout Cheers. I'll drink to that. We started a oh I started taking over your show, but what? So you're smoking the J Train. What are you drinking? Right. Uh, so I've. I poured a little bit of uh, I've got some lime seltzer over here, but uh, for the for the cocktail tonight for the spirits, I've got a little bit of Russell's Reserve uh, uh, rye. Oh, nice. I've actually tried that here at the office. I like rye. Rye is more. I don't know. Like it's weird. Rye, rye to me. Like I never did rye or or bourbon. And the, what got me on to more old fashions. Like I tried an old fashioned once and didn't like it but i went to this other place it was actually a place out here in pennsylvania and it was just this it was delicious so i asked the guy like i've had old fashions before you know what what exactly is this and he goes oh this was, this was a bullet rye old-fashioned i was like oh i like that so i tried to experiment at home i started making it in my home and i personally find that the the bourbon's almost like a little bit sweeter while the rye is a little bit drier mm-hmm. and then when you mix the 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 uh the uh, the bitters and you put a little bit of I, I and then again this is something I wound up doing instead of using regular simple syrup I like to use brown sugar simple syrup and it just gives another layer of of, of body to the to the drink but because it's dry I think it's uh, the rye is dry and it just basically balances out that little bit of sweetness when you put the little squirt of uh, simple syrup as compared to uh, the bourbon I definitely think the rye marries better with the simple syrup just my opinion I could be wrong but uh, you know, I've been known to uh, make good old fashioned. People have talked about it. You know, it's become like a thing. So I yeah. love making old fashions. No, I, I think I'd love to try one of your rye old fashions. That'd be really good. I think you've got a point there because rye is very hot. Like you said, it's yeah. very dry, but it's also very hot. And so if you can cool it down with that, that rich, that richness yeah. of, oh, yeah. of a brown sugar, simple syrup, I, I think that you, I think you got something there. Some, yeah, definitely some magic um so one so a couple other things that i wanted to to chat about just kind of breaking the ice before we go into tonight's major point was you know we've already kind of touched on some of the releases which will we'll go into a little bit more detail since again it's been a long time since you and i've sat down i had the opportunity to so it's actually been almost three years one it was march wow. it, was, it was may 13 2018 Holy may 13 2018 for take number 30 and uh and uh and then yeah let's, have, let's, let's have a quick congratulations to you actually because to have 163 episodes is a, is a feat of itself and here's to the next 163 i'll drink so. to that sir thank you sir thank you very much 
Oh man, it's it's been it's been a long it's been a long ride and an enjoyable ride, man. It's it's been a blur. I can't believe it's still we've got 163 of these and yeah. Um, I mean, just some just some amazing amazing people, amazing conversations, and it's just it's kind of taken off taken a life of its own and and um you know it started off with a particular vision and it's kind of like you were talking about this organic development and protocol. Mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to talk too much about myself here. This is about you, but, but, but it, it, it kind of did the same thing. And I, I just, I, I started with wanting to like seek out like stories behind the stories with people. And I just got so um, enamored with the conversations that I just let them go. Like this was originally supposed to be a very brief show right. and it just kind of, it just kind of lengthened out because the conversations just got so good. And we just got to talk about so many of them. It was just, it was just uh, being a, a cigar nerd. And I was, you know, cigar geek and I still am, you know, um, but before I had my brand and before I, I was in the industry per se, which I, I, it's still hard for me six years later to really come to terms that I'm in the industry. I still feel like a fan and hang, like, you know, hanging, hanging with the cool kids. But I found as a consumer, when I was a straight up consumer, that story that you mentioned really is what brings because I, I want to say, especially now in this industry, uh, you can walk into pretty much any humidor in the anywhere in the world and in, in the world in the, in the country. Right. You walk in there, you can close your eyes and you could pick out 10 great cigars without even looking. You walk in different sections and there's not really anything that's not that's just great, great, great cigars are out there right now. But what makes each of them really different, you know, because tobacco is tobacco. There's only so much blend you could do. And they all taste like, you know, I know I know the nuances when you do reviews, but they all as a beautiful cigar is a beautiful cigar. But what, what really attracts people to that particular cigar or particular line is those people behind those those lines, those the Caldwells, the Matt Booths, the Jonathan Drews, the Artur Fuente. When you got the big corporations, that's where you get a little lost, you know, like, let's say. I'm not going to mention any, but you know those big corporations that don't have a face behind it. But it's important to have a face, and 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 sometimes these smaller companies uh, they have some great stories behind their brands. And it's mm-hmm. so you say like it's almost imagine doing trying to do a 20 minute show with Matt Booth, and he, he, <laughs> he do a, a three hour show with that guy. You know, and he's sober all the time. Imagine him drunk. God. <laughs> yes. That would be. Uh, I'm not sure what that would be like. What well, he's so, either he's either going to get crazier, which is just impossible to believe, right? Or he's just going to calm really calm the hell down, and it's just going to be, it's still going to be like fascinating because he's never been that calm before, right? So, so I believe I, uh, Master Sensei told me that if you don't mind me mentioning, and you guys are friends, but Master Sensei uh-huh. said I believe that the two people that have been on the most on on Smoke Night Live and on, on Dojo have been Matt and I. Mm-hmm. And their 300th episode is coming up soon. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny to have Matt Booth and Matt Booth and I are you know, friends and chit chat all the time. And uh, I said, can you imagine having Matt Booth and I on that show, the 300th episode and have Matt and I just like hammered like <laughs> two hours drinking before we even go on the show? Could you imagine? He was like, we're going to make that happen. So he's trying to make that happen at uh, Rocky Mountain uh, Cigar Festival in August, he's going to try to make the more or less a 300 show and Matt should be there and I'm going to be there. So should be interesting. What a feat, man. That'd be funny. That'd be fun. Fun times. 
Matt so, actually told me he's going to get drunk for it. He said he hasn't gotten drunk in years, but he goes, something like that, I think it'd be good quality uh, <laughs> uh, 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 TV. You must see TV. That, that beautiful disaster. I, well, I know I'm tuning in. Forget about yeah. that. So, um, so a couple, couple, like I said, a couple just preliminary questions. One that kind of wanted to tickle the audience with before we kind of did some more deep diving into what's been going on the last few years. Um, but um, so I know that we were talking a little bit about the Elliot Ness, and and you guys have started to have a couple cigars. They're still blended by Hector, right? Um, and but they're they're being manufactured at a factory outside of Lazona, the San Latino factory. Yes. Um, so my my question to you, and, and is 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 protocol always going to be a Lazona brand? And now when I mean Lazona brand, I don't mean just out of the factory because obviously you, you've already expanded that. But will they? Will it all will protocol always be blended by Hector Alfonso? You think? Uh, funny story. So in the beginning, the concept was that protocol cigars would do a release with because a little bit of my back my, my backstory people might not know, but before I became a brand owner, I was this tremendous cigar nerd, right? And I would actually go to. Uh, uh, anything, any event at Famous, because that's the closest place to my house, Famous CI, and these are big stores that command, you know, big, big characters to come in there. I would go see from Nick Perdomo, Eric Espinosa, uh, Rocky Patel, all these guys would come in, you know, Fuente, you name it, Rafael Nodal. I, I could name a list of the people I've gone. And then I would go to these big festivals like uh, Famous had, used to have a Cigarnival. CI has Cigar Fest. You told me it's a multi-vendor, humongous, 6,000 people with course of two days going to see these things. Because you were a big Fuente guy back in the day. Yeah. That was like I, your... That I, was still, your... I, I still have. I, I'm tremendous Drew Estate when uh, Jonathan and Marvin uh, ran it. Um, tremendous Fuente. I, I have a chest, about a 500 cigar uh, chest just filled with Fuentes. What I got is like rare Fuentes that I've collected over the years and, and, and me being a collector. And I have not smoked any, almost any of them over the past five years, six years, because I've been smoking all these protocols. But to kind of tell you what I'm starting, so I would go and I would meet these people and I would, I became friends with a lot of them. You know, I have a good personality. I think um, being a cop for 20 years really shows, you know, it, it really, it, 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 it fine tunes your people skill. Well, at least for me, it does, you know, because you you have to tell people what to do and what not to do. And that's what people don't want to be told. So you got to know how to talk to people unless you're a cop. that Maybe that cop that didn't care was like an asshole. But to me, I was trying just to be a good guy. And I understand that you want to sit here and smoke a, a, a weed in this corner. But unfortunately, you can't. So, you know, you try to talk to them first. So you, you develop these people skills. Right. So. When I'm not being a cop, I think I'm, I'm pretty decent with people skills. So I've, I've befriended all these people. Like it was a point where I, was, I wasn't even in this. You had Rocky Patel's cell number, Eric's, and this and next. And these guys come into town, call, hey, Juan, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Why don't you come by? We'll have a few drinks. And I even have, so I befriended a lot of people in the industry. So the original thought was we would do one release with like Eric. The next release would be with AJ. The release after that would be with like Fuente. I'm oh, not Fuente, not Fuente, excuse me, with like Rocky or this. And these, 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 these are people that I became my friends. And that was the original thought of it. And then it kind of organically became where well, we came out with the first one because Bill Ives and I, um, when we first came out with this company, we didn't think nobody was going to buy this cigar. Nobody. This is, we did the first production run was uh, 2,500 Toro in the, in the blue. It was 2,500 Toros, 2,500 Corona Gordos. 
and we thought we were going to smoke those cigars for the rest of our lives. Nobody's <laughs> ever going to buy these. We're just going to have these cigars. And before you know it, boom, they sold out. And uh, the next production run, and we just started to, to, to gain speed. And I believe that backing of having it come from La Zona and the great job that Eric Espinoza has done over the course of his career in this industry, because he's held, he's held every single job in this industry from like, uh, you know, from, from being a, working at a shop to all the way being now having his own factory. That's like mm-hmm. in the full spectrum. Like he used to be a rep for, for Jonathan Drew, for Rocket Patel, all that stuff. So, uh, and to, you know, when him and Eddie got together and did the E&O cigar brands, all the whole thing, and, and just having him uh, back us, it became so then we did so well with the blue. It was like, all right, let's try it. Let's, let's, let's maybe change. It wasn't anything written like in our charter of business that we were going to do that. It was just a thought. Cause it was the real thought was we were never going to, you know, sell another cigar after the, after the, the original blue. And, it, and, it, and then the next one was probable cause. It was Mexican San Andreas and, you know, Hector again, blended it. And I told it on, on, on that one. I, I love Mexican San Andreas. One of my, it's probably my favorite uh, rapper at any cigar. And, um, we did that one and it was another great hit. And then we did the Themis and we are, and then the Themis was more of an, an answer to the people that would ask, you know, do you have anything natural? No, we have dark and darker. Do you have anything light body? No, we have strong and stronger. So he came out with the Themis. And by the time we were like, we were just gaining this momentum and getting cigar of the year with, uh, with cigar federation was our first cigar of the year with the uh, blue Lancero. The next cigar of the year was, uh, um, the the probable cause Lancero with uh, 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 Tim Rollins and uh, Tiny Tim Cigar World. The next cigar of the year was Developing Palace with the Themis. So we started gaining all this kind of momentum and it became a loyalty thing. So we said, and I've always told Eric this, your success is our success, but our success is always your success. So as we're being successful, you know, we never... You know, I'm not one of these guys and I say I'm the one that blended the cigars. I always say, you know, that Hector, uh, you know, we basically vomit all this information to Hector. We're talking about this. Bill and I were never uh, third generation cigar people like, you know, uh, we were born in, in the fields of Nicaragua and our or <laughs> Cuba and our mother wrapped us in a cigar leaf and took none. We were, we were just regular average Joes that loved cigars, had a passion you know, and, you know, you do, you think as a consumer, you do educate yourself. You start learning about rapper, buying a filler, blah, blah, blah. but when you get on this side, it's a totally different story. And we still, and we still back then had, I, I was still a full-time cop. I was doing just a massive amount of overtime, trying to get as much overtime as I can to, to have a nice uh, fluffy pension. And I don't have time to learn this and blend this. So, you, you know, you work with the right people, you, you work with Hector and, Hector's just the, the the job that Hector and another big shout out to Hector because Hector, he doesn't have formal training in this. You know, he, he mm-hmm. he's not a, a person that his, his father was a tobacco blender and his grandfather. No, he was the first, he just a regular cop, like, like same kind of thing. And he starts working with Eric. And next thing you know, he just starts blending cigars and he starts and he, and he does such a great job. Mike, you know, Eric has blended a lot of his stuff too, but Hector is basically the the, the, the the blender for for Espinosa and the stuff that he does. It's amazing. And so when you took it all in and you said you have Hector blending our cigars, they're being made at La Zona. We were like, we, we furthermore organically stepped away from doing those, those projects with other people. 
and to to give him because he helped us to grow and our success was helping him to grow. So we like decided to keep it there. So mm -hmm. to kind of give you the short answer of that, it's yes, we're probably always going to be um, a Lozona company. Uh, and that's the way it happened organically. When at the beginning, we didn't really think we would have been, but we are. And I'll tell you, we have done like little projects with the people like we did. The, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but we did one with Caldwell, which the, the proceeds of that cigar went to mm -hmm. uh, Tunnels to Tower Foundation great cigar. And while we didn't have really, you know, we, 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 it was a joint effort and I didn't go to DR, I didn't go to Ventura and, and blend that cigar or whatever like that. So technically while that is, has the protocol, it's not a protocol cigar. I'm not, you know, we're not seeing a penny from it. all the proceeds go to the uh, towers, the tunnels foundation. So that's technically not a, a Lazona product, but it, you know, it has our name on it, but it's not really ours. It's not, we're not the ones selling. It's not on our price sheet. We just did a, a little collaboration with them. But besides that, the other one would be the Elliot Ness. And I'll tell you how exactly how it wound up in AJ San Latino factory. So I, from the beginning, like being a cigar nerd, let me take a puff of this and see if it's still on. <laughs> nope, I've been talking for a long time. I kind of figured that. That's the bad thing about when you're smoking. Uh, no worries. Well, while you're reading light in that, let's go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and uh, just uh, start this segment since we are diving into the Elliot Ness since you got that story going here. Uh, we're, uh, tonight's major point. Uh, tonight's major, uh, major point is always brought to you by Baracoa Cigar Company. Baracoa is back. The launch was yesterday. The voyage has launched. This was some of the cigar that I personally couldn't wait for. It's been three years, but now with the revamp blend coming from one of the hottest factories in the industry, Danny Vasquez promised, if you like the original blend, you're going to love the relaunch. So if uh, it just launched yesterday, so if you want to check out sunscigar.com, uh, there should be uh, some opportunities to order more Voyage. Uh, I personally had a chance to uh, sample the pre-release, and it is a phenomenal blend. You definitely need to check it out, so stay tuned for more details on where they will be available very, uh, at a brick-and-mortar near you. But you can check out sunscigar.com now uh, and uh, check out The Voyage. Uh, the Voyage. Never settle, Baracoa Cigar Company. So, so yeah, Juan. So, so the major point tonight is that uh, we want. I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about with the last. Now it's been three years since you and I asked spoke, um, and we, we did talk to Kevin last year. But there's been a lot that's going on, and you were talking. We were, we were as you were kind of relighting your cigar. There, you were going to talk about how it came, how uh, the Elliot Ness project came to be at uh, San Latano. So why don't you uh, why don't you finish sure. that thought? But before I do, I want to give a, a toast to uh, Danny Vasquez. He's actually a, a personal uh, friend of mine. Cheers. Great young man, uh, great family. Uh, I've met his wife, beautiful woman. Just there are such beautiful people. I really have an affinity for Danny. He's a good human being. Um, he's told me that uh, Bill and I were actually uh, somewhat of an inspiration for him when he was starting. And we became such friends. Like he would come out to my, our events that we actually started doing. And you don't see this too much. I don't think I've, I, I don't. I don't personally think I've ever seen this unless it's like different brands under a big umbrella. Like let's say you have Altadis that owns, you know, this and this and this, they could do a, a, an event together, but um, to have a, not a multi vendor event. Like we did an event somewhere in Maryland and it was both of us. It was a two vendor event and people would go to our table. And like, if you like this, you're going to love the voyage and go over there 
check out Danny Vasquez. And it was just this beautiful thing. And then people would go and, you know, we don't have anything really that, you know, lighter. You want something lighter? We, we were pretty, this was at the time, I think we only had the, the blue and the red, the, the protocol and the probable cause, which were very full body cigars. And like, but try this one. It's a beautiful Dominican blend. And, and he would send people to me and I would send people, it was, it was a great event. So shout out to Danny. I'm so happy that he's back. Uh, I think he's going to be successful. I think he partnered with a great factory, Ventura, out there in the DR. Man, I think he's going to do really good things. So, again, shout out to Danny. Uh, check check, check those cigars out, the Voyager. You know, it's pretty awesome. So, um, back to the Elliot Ness. So, I'm going to – this has been so long since we've spoken. I'm going to try to just give you quick – I don't want to go this too much over. But uh, So, basically, protocol cigars. Um, we have six – core lines I'm sorry five core lines so we got the blue the protocol red probable cause the uh gold themis the silver misconduct and then the green cybercrime which is the latest one we came out with and when you look at these cigars they all have a very uniformed look to it. like each project has a different color they each have their own uniqueness but there is a certain uniformity to the entire line everything looks like it belongs in a series we call that the core line so for our fifth release in uh, 2019, uh, we wanted to do something different. So we decided not to come out with another protocol in the core line, but we wanted to do something different. And we thought, what, what can we do different? Let's try to do, you know, we've always tried to really like, uh, you know, our target guy is the, the, the blue collar average working Joe, the, the cop, the fireman, the EMS, the plumber, the sanitation worker, those kind of guys, those taxi drivers, those kind of like hardworking Joes, blue collar guys. And we have a it's price point that way. The, the, everything looks, it's simple, but, but, but again, you know, this modern design and like, what, what can we do different? And, and we came up with the idea of let's do something. Let's turn it. Let's turn our whole look around and let's do something more regal, more elegant, more classy, more traditional looking. So we came out with the uh, Sir Robert Peel. So right. what we were doing, like, how do we, now everything we do, we put the law enforcement spin on it. How do we do something more elegant, more regal looking and still make it, you know, law enforcement themed. And what sounds more regal than a cigar called start with a sir, a Sir Robert Peel, <laughs> which Sir Robert Peel happens to be the, the, the father of modern day policing. So we come up with this and it, the back, the packaging is just, it's, I can actually, I can show you how the packaging looks. Cause I happen to have here, this is the newest one. This is the, uh, the Sir Robert Peel natural and Maduro. And we did our first line extension. The press release just came out the other day. Yeah. The Corona Gordo. It's the Corona Gordo. And which happens to be my personal favorite size, because I believe that uh, uh, Corona Gordos just have the perfect ratio. The wrapper to binder filler ratio is everything's perfect. It's harmonizing so well where a blend really shines. You taste a beautiful wrapper. You taste the binder. You taste the filler more, in my opinion, with a smaller ring gauge like a uh, a Corona Gordo. So you can see the packaging is you know we went really different with the packaging on this, and you know we did the 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 the, the Vista in the, in the middle. It's pretty. It's got the velvet in the back, which actually felt, but it has a total. The box is just this gorgeous thing. And I remember, I I, I say this all the time uh, when it came out in the press release. Yeah, Master Sensei reaches out to me like Juan. I don't know. This this doesn't this doesn't look like you guys. It looks like like you know like something else, like a bigger company. It looks too too, too traditional. You know, it's not. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I I know, but you know, I'm not I'm not changing my target audience. It's still the 
average working Joe, the plumber, the fireman, the cop, but even the average working Joe on a Friday night wants to get dressed in a three-piece suit, pour a beautiful scotch and just sit there and sip and smoke a cigar. So we've made a more elegant type thing. And we, we, we it, you know, it, to the box is, is more premium looking. So of course it's going to cost more, but it wasn't even the price. We didn't price it that much. It was like a dollar difference, right? And we did this because we wanted to say even that average Joe gets a promotion, has a has a has a baby, uh, something to celebrate that you want to you know maybe splurge a little. You got you got you got you got to raise whatever it is. Now you got the cigar to do it. So we did that, and Eric was like, "It's not going to work. It's just it's not you guys." Well, you mentioned and, Eric, but a lot of people had this thought too. Huh? Yeah, and I, you, he was you only. And I didn't he, have, you and I didn't have this conversation, but oh. I, I mean, I, I had, I mean, I had similar thoughts as well. Right? Yeah, but he, Eric was the only one that actually said something to to me personally. <laughs> um, Fair enough. And and I, I figured people wouldn't know. Like I, I know Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie from Halfway when when we first came out with it. He was like, what is this? Is this a protocol cigar? Like, and it, and it really like shocked everybody because it was something so different than what we were doing at the time. And and we took a, we, you know, we, we, we rolled the dice and the blend. It was just something so magical. Like the first it started off as a natural and it was this beautiful uh, Ecuadorian Habano, Nicaragua binder filler, just elegant, beautiful, smooth, very everything we wanted, a more regal. The packaging was regal. The cigar looked regal. It's a beautiful box press Toro. So I'm standing, I'm actually in uh, Nicaragua, um, February of the year that's released. And I'm walking around, I'm smoking the natural. I'm like, this is really good. And I said to, I said to Eric, Eric, what are the chances of putting a Pennsylvania broadleaf on this? And he was like, yeah, we could do it. Do me a favor, just have... Have have Carlito make me just take the the, the the wrapper off of this and put a Pennsylvania broadleaf. Let me try it. So he goes and he gets a Pennsylvania broadleaf. He gives it to me. I start smoking. I'm like, wow, this thing is fantastic. And all we literally did, we didn't tweak the blend. We didn't do nothing. We literally took the same wrapper. I mean, took the same binder and filler and just put a different wrapper on it. And it changed the cigar so much that I said, we got to do this. So I brought, I said, make me 10. Well, I took it back to uh, Kevin and Bill. And they smoked and they loved it. And I was like, uh, I was I was actually thinking maybe getting ahead of the game and, and thinking about the next year's release. But I was like, this is so good. Why don't we just do a natural and a Maduro offering in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, um, in the Survivor Appeal? And they said they loved it. So we had enough time because it was February. So by, by the trade show comes out natural Maduro. That's another. So not only did we change the packaging and the look and the feel and the soul of this product, but we also did it in two offerings where we offer the first time ever a natural and a Maduro. So now we're all caught up with that. So what happens is these things, we cannot keep them in the, sh another one we can't keep in the shelves. Like we're thinking I have 250 boxes that are going to last forever. It's so funny. Like every time we get a new cigar in and like, nobody's going to buy us the train, the, the train's done. Nobody's going to, nobody, this is done. Already. They're going to find something else. And then we get it in boom out the door. So we had such great success with that. Uh, so Robert Peel that we were like, uh, Let's let's continue this. Let's see how far we can push this and do this. So what came to my head was let's make it a series. So instead of doing like the core line, we did it. We, we, we rebranded it as the Lawman series. And what the Lawman series is, is that uh, a lot of times in Hollywood, um, you get you see uh, the villains, the bad guys that glorifies. You got your Al Capone's, the Billy, the kids, your Bonnie and Clyde and all these guys. 
and they get movies and they're glorified and then but you very rarely hear about the men and women that uh spend hours you know spending all their energy time away from their family to catch these guys because they are the bad guys and we're the good guys so uh, we said you know so let's do this where so robert peel we got the, the the father of modern day policing and we're going to do a lawman series so we're going to continue the same regal elegant packaging look higher end uh everything and then we're going to make a series so the new one was the uh this year's release as the which should actually should have been last year's release but covid yeah. uh pushed it back and it is what it is listen we roll with the punches uh, you know we're not gonna let uh and this you know we're again small small business is, is so much it, it, i i kind of equate it to a, a a highway so business is, is highway and bigger companies are uh, 18 wheeler on the highway if there's a small bump in the road an 18 wheeler might not feel that bump might just sway a little bit uh, quickly adjust and keep on rolling but that same bump that same hole in the road if a guy in a motorcycle and i equate that to small business if a guy hits that bump traveling or whatever that it's enough to actually have that guy wipe out and you know destroy possibly even die you know just the same exact thing the same exact bump that did nothing to the trailer could wipe out this uh, this motorcycle. So, you know, again, we being the motorcycle, we we recovered and we're releasing it this year instead. So um, we we released that, the Elliot Ness. We had the concept of the Elliot Ness. We came up, boom, let's do Elliot Ness. After that was the blend. And I, I've always wanted from the beginning, when you know, being a cigar nerd, I always wanted to come out with a, uh, a Connecticut Broadleaf because I absolutely adore the league on the nine, the Jewish state, big Jewish state guy, um, still am. And, but the thing is with uh, Connecticut Broadleaf, uh, Jewish state buys the overwhelming majority of that stuff. Uh, they probably buy about 90%. I don't even know. Maybe it's even higher, but I know a guy like AJ and AJ, I would say that AJ is like an alpha male. Like he's an alpha. He, why is he going to go and try to buy this? And he can't buy it because Jewish state bought it all. So he was like, screw it. So he actually, from what I'm understanding, uh, the story I was told that he grabbed the seed, he grabbed the Connecticut broadleaf, and he actually you know grew it in Nicaragua. Right. And this is his proprietary leaf, like nobody else has it. I think it's been out for four years, like that, in that ballpark. I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. There haven't been too many cigars that have used it, and if they have used it, they haven't really mentioned it. You have to be like a real cigar nerd to know it's that. But so he, Hector, I'm talking to Hector. He goes, Juan, and man, Connecticut broadleaf is virtually impossible to find. And it went out again. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, you're talking about uh, about the development of the Connecticut broadleaf seed grown in Nicaragua. And and AJ was, a, AJ, you know, was it was kind of one of the highlighting people who actually did this. Yes, uh, it started. It started, it started uh, you know, for, for all intent, I don't mean, you know, I don't want to, you know, get into a race or anything like that but it, one of the few one of the people that started it was uh, actually over at mombacho right um with the uh, the diplomatico and everything and i, was I, don't, I don't know the, the, you can correct me you can correct me if i'm wrong was that aj's rapper also that the, the mombacho did because that's the only I, company i've ever heard that they used it i have i i don't know uh from my from my understanding uh it was it, they were they procured it i'm not sure if right they so they bought it because aj sells tobacco to eric aj sells tobacco to whatever small company i'm sure mombacho buys because look mombacho is not vertically integrated like aj though he has his own field yeah. so aj does sell tobacco to people so it was definitely uh that kind of thing so aj said because for example the uh sir robert Maduro. 
that Pennsylvania Broadleaf, uh, I know for a fact that Eric bought it off of AJ. So it's AJ, right. you know, and then AJ bought it from wherever he bought it from, right? But uh, it's AJ's that he bought it from. And AJ, when he heard, so so Hector, back to the story, Hector goes, uh, listen, we're not going to find it. It's, hard, it's one of the hardest things to find. We're not going to find this Connecticut Broadleaf. I know you want it. Here's an option. AJ makes a, uh, a, a, a Nicaraguan, uh, Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan Broadleaf. You want to try that? And I was like, sure, let's do it. Boom, let's put it on there. Sends me the samples. I fell in love with it. Then, uh, what did you notice as the difference? You like you said you you you've been a cigar nerd for a long time. You really fell in love with that Liga, that that richness, that yes. that sweet earthiness of of broadleaf. What it brings to a blend. I find. What did you? Yeah. What did you notice as the the? That I noticed the difference, difference is it wasn't as there wasn't as the, the, the bite. It, you had, and it was a little bit more sweet. So a little 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 less bite to it. A little bit more sweeter. And but you get the the beautiful earthy notes that you had in a Connecticut broad a Connecticut broadleaf, and I just thought it was everything you love about a Connecticut broadleaf. So the sweetness, it was the uh, the earthiness, that 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 tartness. It, it was here, but I think I think it's just a little less because you know when you smoke a league, it's got that that thing that makes your mouth water, that tartness, and mm-hmm. it's just a little bit less than this. And it's just the sweetness moved up. You know, I, I guess the earth, the soil. You know, I'm not. Uh, uh, by any means a, 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 a grower, but whatever it is, I was like, this is delicious. And I said, it reminded me of the, of the, the you know, the, the, the nuances of the, what I, what I wanted to, for it to, to taste like. And it was just a little bit more smoother, a little bit on the sweeter side. It was just amazing. I was like, I'm totally, let's, let's do this. The problem is uh, AJ says, since that's his proprietary leaf, he doesn't want to just sell it to people. He said he, he actually wants to make it. So, you know, Eric already makes some stuff at the San Latino. I think a lot of the 601s get done over there. I think the Larange gets done over there. The both Escuro and the, uh, the the original Larange gets done over there at the San Latino. And I've been to the San Latino factory with Eric. So, and the uh, Mercier Lago too, right? The, yeah, the, the Mercier Lago, correct. The Mercier Lago also. So it's not like I technically, it's not like I called AJ and said, hey, I want to do a project with you where I left La Zona. So it's not that thing. It's still going through Lazona. It's still going through Eric. My purchase order goes into Eric, and then Eric, you know, gets it done through them the same way he would do the Murcielago and the and the Lazona. So technically, we're still Lazona, but AJ, you know, because again, Eric is just pumping out so much stuff that sometimes you don't have the space to. You know, he has a smaller factory, and he's been talking about maybe adding a third floor to the factory, all these kind of things. But for now. He, he, he does what any businessman just outsource a little bit and get some help. So, and you know, and anything AJ touches, man, it's, it's like gold. Like, you know, the, he is, when I say he's a lot these days, Oh my God, he is, you know, you, you see him every day out there walking out. Like I go visit and we're doing tours and he's walking around everywhere, almost stopping at every station. It's, it's pretty amazing to see this guy at work. So uh, that opens up the opportunity for him to do the cigar for us. And, uh, and that's what's happening. So he, he's, he's doing the, uh, the Elliot Ness. So I want to go back to the Robert Peel for just a second here. Cause I think there's some interesting backstory notes here. So, you know, what I recall, and I, I had an opportunity to go to the 2019 trade show, which was, right. uh, the, the, where Sir Robert Peel was released. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of people took this note and I had this observation too, Juan. There was uh there there was a different Juan can sell at that trade show. 
uh, that people are that, that people are used to. Like you, there was. Now you're 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 a serious man. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say you're a goofball or anything like that. But, oh, but I'm a, I am a goofball though. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you you have you have you have a lot of fun, and that's and that's and that's I think that's why people gravitate towards you and why people gravitate toward the brand is like just you, like you said, you're a cigar nerd, and you you know you're you're you've been thrust into this amazing opportunity and you've, you've really worked your tail off to, to uh, you and, and your entire team have worked your tail off to bring a uh, uh, notoriety protocol. But there was a different Juan Cancel at that trade show. The, the way that you were in presenting that product, I remember I walked by the booth a couple of times and one time you were talking with Delicia cigar vixen and, um, and the way you were talking to her about Sir Robert Peel, I just noticed this, this different aura about you. Yes. And it wasn't because it was Delicia. I know you and the ladies, man, but right. like, no, it was, it was, you were all about the cigar in that moment. You were explaining in great detail and you were going every facet through the box. There was a lot of imagery that paid homage to a lot of different things, not just law enforcement, not just protocol, not just you, not just Bill. There was just so many things going on with it. Yes. And you took such care to explain every facet of it. And it was like this, this whole other side of you that I don't think anyone else has ever really seen before. Why, why was it so important for you to express that much care and pass that along to everybody else? Absolutely. I, I, I have the answer exactly for you. So with every release we've had, it's always been like a joint effort. We sit there and we design the marketing, the packaging material. We design the band, we design this, and we, we, we work hand in hand with our illustrator. His name is Anthony Jimenez. Shout out to Anthony, great illustrator, you know, very talented. He's the one that came up with this concept with the P, with the modern P, because in the beginning, Bill and I didn't know what we were going to call this company. At one point, we were going to call it Fat Bastardos and we, we, it would have been funny, but we, we, we didn't want to be seen as a total joke. So we said, let's just... How are we going to make ourselves different? And then that's the, the whole law enforcement thing came up and you're making it law enforcement themed. Originally, the you know, peaceful police, basically. And then you look at the colors of thin blue line, but he designed everything like we told him what we were envisioning. And he said, let me let me see what I could do. And he came up with this concept. So um, we went with it. And but every every line, the, the, the protocol, the probable cause, the themis, everything was done jointly. Like we build myself, Kevin. We worked this this thing out and uh, we did it together. Now, when we had the idea of the, for the Sir Robert Peel, um, I think Bill was busy, Kevin was busy, uh, and they were like, "Juan, you 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 do this." And it was the first time that I had, you know, I often say we. I don't take credit for anything in this company. I always say we, we, we. I don't say I. I say we and everything. But. When we, since you asked me and I'm giving you the answer, this packaging was a hundred percent me from the color, from the way it's, it's everything about it is I had, uh, and, and it would, I would, I would say it's because I was such a Fuente fan and, you know, like you look at a, a Fuente box and it is a thing of beauty. I have still like pretty much all my Fuente boxes in my basement and it's just a thing of beauty and it's just this work of art. And I said, you know something, if we're going to do this and we're going to do this right, I want to make this the most beautiful thing. So I came up, you know, and I had all these ideas in my head about Sir Robert Peel, how he was standing, where he was going to be at, this and that. So I worked, you know, with Anthony, my illustrator, and I gave him, and I would take screenshots of, 
of, of different things like uh, of libraries, of, of desktops, of this, the books, the law books, the whole law theme, the themis and the scales of justice. And I had all these concepts like, Anthony, I want you to put all this stuff I'm seeing in my, I have a picture in my head. I want you, I'm going to give you all these images and I, I, I want you to combine, this is what I want. This is, you know, because that's what, you know, that's what uh, an illustrator does. He, he has, his, he has his clients and the client tells him what it is you want, what it is you envision. And they'll try to create that, 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 that product from what you envision in your head. And this is exactly what I had in my head. And I, this was my baby. I, you know, I, I didn't design it cause I don't have that kind of skill, but this is exactly what I wanted it to look like. I wanted it to be something beautiful, something different, just something gorgeous. And, you know, I wanted to put the, the you know, just make it look, as beautiful as I possibly can. So this project was, oh, did I do something? Did you do something? No, I'm sharing the screen. I wanted to ah, okay, label gotcha. up front. Yeah. So I basically this 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 label here. I the C's is for Cucuricano. Uh, I told him I wanted the old school kind of medallion look to it, and the medallions are like the uh, seal of New York, the seal of Nicaragua. The, the the lady of justice you know, you know the, the the fat ash uh, 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 label all, all these like little things but we gave it a different totally different look than the original um so you you see there uh, that, that, as matter there's a picture from the actual uh of the trade show right there and it was a thing of it was a lot of pressure because i didn't want I, I really didn't want it to look ugly so you know and then it's my first time where bill and kevin said juan you handle this you you whatever it is you want boom so it was a lot of me i put the pr pressure on myself personally just to get out there and uh create this thing so once it was done and they the cigar was good the packaging was 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 phenomenal and i was like this became it became my baby it became something i created and that's why when I would talk about it, it's like now, you know, my heart and soul and my vision, my passion is in every line of that box. And that's why when people would talk to me or ask me about it, I guess I get a gleam in my eye because that's my that's my baby. It was it was one of those it was one of those projects that, um, again, I think, you know, like you said, Eric uh, from Cigar Dojo was expressed to you personally some of your doubts, uh, but um but I think, like I said, I think all of a lot of us had some reservations. I personally did, just because I, I, I recognized the, and this this is a huge compliment to to you and your team. One, I recognized the success that you had and what made you all the success. And so, a diversion off of this momentum that you had built up in such a short amount of time, like I was, you know, I what I was I was it was more a concern. It wasn't like you know like. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was like a terrible mistake. I just, you know, I wanted, I wanted this to keep going for you and I didn't want anything to detract from that. Right. But I think, like you said, it was just, I, I think we can, can kind of compare it to, you know, I mean, you could throw it, you know, the onion metaphor, you could throw the cake metaphor. I mean, you can, it's a, just a different layer to the story that you're trying to tell. Right. So, you know, the, the, the other thing you mentioned already about the, how you wanted to try the. The Pennsylvania broadleaf on it and you saw it originally it, there was enough time so you decided to go to market with two of these uh two of these blends two of these offerings so you the natural and maduro that's also a very deliberate decision too because yeah, ver two very a, aggressive moves very aggressive the that's very offerings. old school too yeah. because like now because you know being the cigar nerds that we are mm -hmm. there 
the term natural doesn't get thrown around as much anymore. The term Maduro is used, but it's in conjunction with what type of Maduro? Mm-hmm. Is it Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro? Is it San Andreas Maduro? Yeah. Um, but you took a very classic approach to this and said, no, these that we have a natural selection and we have a Maduro selection. And, and sure, you gave the specs on it. It wasn't like people were left in the dock or anything, right. but this was a very this was a very classic move in my opinion. And I thought, I mean, I was really intrigued by it and I thought it was a really, once I saw the project and once I saw the care and everything, the detail, I was, it, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. And I think that's, I think that's what clicked for everybody else too. I think you finally brought, you brought everybody in and everyone kind of bought in right. and it kind of came along for the ride. Um, so it wasn't, we were trying to be fake and just put out this elegant mm-hmm. thing. It, it still had the, the fundamental soul of the company, the law enforcement theme. It was us still. It, it's still the, pro, the protocol. The, the P was on. It's all over the packaging. It's still there. It's fundamentally us. But like I said, the average Joe, every once in a while, like I, I'm a, a shorts and a, and a T-shirt kind of guy. But every once in a blue, not, not too often, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll put on a nice pair of slacks and some shoes, a vest, nice shirt. And, and you want to be, you know, everybody likes to dress up and be fancy sometimes. So that was that was that kind of concept. And and you mentioned the show. So I was very scared, uh, apprehensive about how the consumers would take it, how the store owner, how just the industry and uh, everybody who's incorporated in the industry from and that includes you guys. Uh, Cigar media is part of the uh, industry. How are they going to take it? And then when I started hearing Eric, I was like, Eric, Eric and I have a great friendship. So. He, he he actually told me this, but I knew other people were thinking it from the consumers all the way down to to you guys and everybody in between. But at the trade show, something funny, I have a lot of respect for Michael Hurtlots and a lot of and I have a lot of uh, he's doing his own company now, which I, you know, I can't wait to try the cigars. I'm going to post it because I have a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for Michael Hurtlots. I remember being on the floor. And I see Michael Hurtlaus in his three-piece suit looking like a gentleman. You know how he, he always is. He looks like he came out of a, a photo shoot. He's just standing by the pillar of the Sir Robert Peel. And he has his hand like this. And he's just looking at it. And I walk up. He goes, hey, Mike, how you doing? He goes, Juan, this is classy. I like it. Good job. He walked away. And I was like, that right there, <laughs> if, if it flopped, that right there made it, made it all worth it. Because it was just like this thing that he you know and that's a guy that you know people sometimes always tell me like why you gotta take this more seriously you're a brand owner blah 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 you gotta dress different and you know i still been staying true to myself in the beginning i don't know if you remember the beginning we, we came out with the guayaberas and and the, and the and the cuban hats but that, that wasn't really us it's like in the beginning you know you, you you you're trying to find your identity and i think we went to just this let's just us be us and i always do try to be myself but, but people tell me like you gotta dress different i'm like listen there's already a Michael Hurtlocks in this industry. You don't, you don't need a, a fat Puerto Rican Michael Hurtlock around. So I'm just going to be me and be one. And that's, I, I give that advice to everybody. Just be yourself always. And, and you, you don't have to worry about when you have this masks, you know, we all wear masks, right? You have a mask on who not yourself. Eventually the weight of that mask is going to be so heavy. He's going to drop it. And then by the time you drop it and show the real you, you're going to shock everybody. So I am the person that I am being a cop, being a uh, a cigar nerd, being a brand owner, if you see me at a, at an event, this is who you get. This is no, this is who I am at home. This is who I. This is I just. This is not an act. Whatever you see here, this is who I am. And I, I've always, you know, thought just be true to yourself. And that's what I try to do. 
So you mentioned about identity, and I think there was a kind of this 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 metamorphosis too. You're talking about organic movement within protocol. There was another movement too that was that kind of was way before this. And you mentioned the little C's on there for Cabarro Canio on the label right. for Sir Robert yes. Peel. But that was how this all started. It was Cabarro Canio Cigar Company. And now that's I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's that's history. It's it, you are now protocol cigars. Right. What, so, what happened to Cabarro Canio? So what happened is originally when we so when we were thinking about a cigar name or the company name, we were thinking about different names and this and that. And and Bill and I, Bill being a Cuban descent and I'm being Puerto Rican. So we actually uh, created another you know, word. We Cubano and Puerto Ricano is Cuban and Puerto Rican and Spanish. And we combined them, made a Cuba Ricano cigar company. And that's what we, we're still known by that. But the problem is, I don't know if people can't say it too good, but it's it's kind of like we, we just kept being referred to as protocol cigars, protocol cigars, protocol cigars. So the company is the still, protocol guys. Yeah, that's how I that's how I protocol. met you. That's yeah. every, everybody is just a name. Kubari King will never stick. It's kind of like tatuaje. Uh, the, the, the name of the company is not tatuaje. It's it's the, the other Havana Sellers. Havana sellers, but almost mm -hmm. nobody calls them Havana sellers. Mm -hmm. And they incorporate, you see, and, and everything is tatuaje, 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 which is great because that's their branding. And the same thing happened with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was natural, organic, and it just, the protocol kept sticking. And, you know, we do press releases and it's a Cigar cigar company, but it just protocol cigars, protocol cigars. You got, we were on a show, the guys from protocol cigars. So we like, you know something? We didn't officially change the name of the company, but we just just embraced what the industry has been calling us all along. So now it's just protocol cigars. It's simpler and it's also, you know, branding, you know, it's easier for the branding. But yeah, the C is still in, on there because it is still um, Kubar King Cigar Company. But again, part of the story. Yeah, part of the story. Yeah. So when you when so to kind of fast forward to the LNS, I want to come back to cyber crimes too. But to fast forward to LNS, we talked about how it got manufactured and with the with the Nicaraguan broadleaf area. So when you decided to continue this Lawman series, so after Sir Robert Peel was 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 the Lawman series born at that point, or was it we want to add on to this and then it now it's become a thing or like yes, it's, it's the latter of the two. So. The Lawman series was not born with the uh, Sir Robert Peel. So Sir Robert Peel was born first. That look, that feel, that regalness, that elegance, that sophistication, that more traditional cigar-looking box was that it, it was probably going to be in the beginning. We never thought about a Lawman series. They're going to be a one and done, right? One and done. So, but the success that we saw with that cigar and people, and it's just, it is, it is a beautiful box. It is the band's beautiful. And people... You know, we are those kind of people that, you know, we, we, we judge a book by its cover. We smoke America, especially smokes the band. Like in most countries, when you get a cigar band, people take them off in Europe. Take it off. Yeah. Over here, we smoke. The, it's called smoking the band. People, I even do the same thing. I'll push it up. I will, I'll take it off to the last possible minute because, you know, it's just it's part of the aesthetics. It's part of the look. It's part of the elegance. It's part of the feel of the cigar. So we get this this cigar appeal. And it's a great hit and it's a beautiful looking packaging so he goes we were like how do we continue this do we do we just do another one um or do we do like line extension on the Sir Robert Peel and we just you know something let's do it and again I say we but it's, this Lawman series the whole entire concept is still on me so I'm still thinking how do how do we grow this so I'm thinking you know and that's it, it hit me like 
you know, the Al Capone, there's a cigar called the Al Capone, you know, what a better way to, and they, they're basically like Hollywood glorifying a, a, a mobster. And I'm saying, why not do the counteract would be, you know, the counter uh, thing would be Elliot Ness and boom, we came out with the Elliot Ness. And that's when I decided to do a lawman series and we're going to do another. So this should have been last year's, but it's a funny thing. So we, we, we had a lawman series for this year as well. And we decided, do we, a, just come out with the with the with the Elliot Ness and let that be the 2020 release, and we push back the other release, or do we still continue as planned what we had structured and do another Lawman series? And Kevin and I spoke, and we were like, you know, something. Screw it. I was like, let's just do this because while COVID did set things back, we can't let them to really mess up our, our, our course. We have to stay the course. We have to continue on forward. So we are for the uh, uh, trade show in July coming out with another Lawman series. The same thing, Natural and the Maduro. I just smoked the samples. Another great cigar. Um, and we're Dwight Earp? No, I'm Negative not gonna, it's, it's going to be a, <laughs> uh, a surprise. A lot of people say, well, actually, I had thought about Wyatt Earp. Um, and it would have been cool, but I think what I came up with was actually cooler and it's going to be uh, revolutionary. I think it's going to be really interesting when it comes out. So I'm excited about that. So I, I think with the Sir Robert Peel, I'm just going to put this little nugget in your head. And this, this is this is free of charge here, Juan. I'm just giving right. this to you. OK, so um, I, I think since Sir, Sir Robert Peel wasn't wasn't a very obvious, wasn't very obvious, it became kind of synonymous because again of your background the story of law enforcement and everything i mean why not start from the very beginning elliot ness is a i love i love the counter i love the counterpunch to the al capones and the right. glorification of, of of the guys wyatt earp seems like an obvious choice too and i'm you know i'm a big historian absolutely but a less obvious choice would be uh the virgil earp mm. his brother who actually became a town sheriff after the historic tombstone shootout. He became a town sheriff in California, uh, even though he had only the use of one arm. So, I mean, what a, what wow. a great story his, his brother had too. Um, so. Originally my thought pattern was you see how you have all these glorified villains. Like you have Al Capone has a cigar, right? You have uh, Billy, the kid um, you have uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I was going to do a counter to each one. So the two, the two guys that, that arrested uh, Bonnie and Clyde, the two feds, uh, we were thinking about doing that, but mm -hmm. I think the, so it was going to be like a counter to, to every one of these glorified people that have a movie, like the ability of the kid and the, and, and we already did Ooh, Al Capone. Pat Garrett. Yeah. There's, yeah, a, so there's a thought. We, we were going to do that kind of stuff, but then what I came up, I think it's a, it's a better, concept and uh i'll actually tell you off air i haven't told too many people but i'll tell you off air what it is but i want to surprise the world when it comes out that sounds great yeah no i'm looking forward to it i know the world is too that's i i, I really i really love this concept one i really do because i i think I, I it really struck a chord with me when i first heard about what you were doing with this concept and in in, in in getting away from the glorification of of these these bad guys and everything because i mean i love mafia history just oh i love it i love person. godfather i mean the god I, I yeah the godfather is like the the, the shit man i love yeah, that absolutely. film it's my probably one of my all-time favorite films if not my all-time favorite like outside of the sports world because feel the dreams is still my favorite movie but right. um but the godfather is just just awesome but um but I, I think it's i think it's a great thing that you're doing i think it's fantastic um about that the um 
the Elliot Ness, um, um, the last question I had on the Elliot Ness specifically was, um, was, you know, the fact that both of these um, are both the Elliot Ness, both the natural and the Madura are both Nicaraguan puros. So in a lot of ways, you took Sir Robert Peel back to the roots of law enforcement, right? But then you took the next stage in the law, the lawman series back to the roots of what protocol is, which is very Nicaraguan heavy cigar, you know, very yes. Nicaraguan heavy and everything. Um, was that intentional or was it just the way that the blends lined up with uh, when you and Hector were sitting down with stuff? The, the only intentional part about the Elliot Ness was Hector's idea. And he said, one, because um, <clears throat> I wanted the Connecticut Broadleaf and he gave me the Nicaraguan Broadleaf. But he said, why don't we do something where you guys are known for Lijero because Lijero is like our main thing. Like, you know, the, the, the original blue had quadruple Lijero in there. And even the Themis, which is that uh, the, the Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, it's it's when we answered the call of the people, I like to say, um, and they wanted a natural cigar. They wanted a, a lighter body cigar. To me, if you look at my my collection at, before I even became a brand owner, I don't have a lot of Connecticut's in there because to me, Connecticut's, I, I'm a more of a full, I'm a guy that wakes up in the morning and, I, and I'll light a, a Sir Robert Peel Maduro first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee. I just love full body, robust flavors and aromas. That's all. That's what I love. And even when we did the Themis, a lighter offering, we threw Lijero in there because, you know, I find sometimes that, that Connecticut uh, cigars, they almost smoke like, 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 like cardboard. It says have no depth, no flavor. So in everything, we have Lijero in everything, even the lightest body cigar we have. And this one, in this particular Elliot Ness, we have zero Lijero. So all the strength comes from the wrapper and the viso and the seco and the blend. That was Hector's idea. And I loved it. I was like, let's try it. Let's see what, let's see what you come up with. And he goes, all right, I'm going to try to do this blend. So he did it. He, he threw the, cause by now, like in the beginning, when we first came out with the blue, it was like a three month ordeal to try to, now you have all your, your cigar nerd and now somebody's going to make you a cigar. So you're saying, I want the cigar to taste like this. I want to know. I want to And you're vomiting all this information to Hector. And Hector's like, wow. That's a lot of information. You got to give me some time. And he did. He went up since like eight or nine different blends. And but that's a different story. So by now, it's coming to the point where Hector has learned our palates. Hector knows what, as a company, what we have become. And that's something like you mentioned before. Mentioned before about maybe going to somebody else. I don't want to. At this point, it's a loyalty thing. Yes. But it's, a, it's also that Hector has learned this company's soul so much the foundation the fundamentals of it that now he's, he goes Juan I, I got a blend for you it went to that he goes it's gonna be what I know what you like I know what you want I know you want the, I know you want this but now this, check just check this out and we are being guided by him and he is amazing and I'll give him an idea like for this next I want to be like for the next one we got the next lawman series I, I want something totally different I want I want to be a little different than because we, we fall the same thing. Like you said, Lozona has a, you know, a Lozona product. I and mean, then some of the products and we have been a little bit, we want, we want something different. Like the J train, the J train doesn't necessarily taste like a Lozona product, but it is. We, and we specifically wanted to be a little different for the J train, but we'll, we'll get that a little bit later, but we've been, and then Hector's learned that it's, it's something that's learned. That's not, it's over the six years that we've been doing 
the course of business with Lazona that Hector, their blender, has has learned our palate to now. If I said, Hector, this is what I'm envisioning. I want it to taste like this. I know exactly what you want. One, I got you. Boom. And, and it's exactly what I've, what was it? He, Hector turns the same way that Anthony turned my dream into something hard, something tangible. This was in my head. This product was in my head. This is what I was seeing. But, you know, I'm not a graphics designer. I, can't, I don't know nothing about the industry making boxes. You know, so, so that's when you hire somebody, that you hire the right people and, and the product comes out to be phenomenal. And I think Hector is definitely the right person. And he, he definitely uh, has learned our palate. And he, that's why I, I don't think we'd ever leave Lazona if I had a choice. So that's about that. So 2020 also introduces the, the latest uh, regular production line away from the Lawman series. Yes. Um, we were talking about the cyber crimes, which is now. So like- the last release in our core line was the official misconduct. We Correct. didn't do anything in 19 because we were focusing on the Sir Robert Peel. We did a few line extensions. That's that was cool. 20. We all know 20, what 2020 did. We didn't have any. Well, so we didn't do one in 19. So 2020, we were going to release the cyber crimes. And what the cyber crime is going to be, because now Kevin, Bill, Bill basically um, left the company because he wanted to further advance his career as he, he's still active. He's, I'm retired. I don't really care. I'm retired. I was already retired mentally from that job. I was going to do 20 and out, but Bill wanted to continue his career. And it was kind of getting back. So he worked for a very small department. It was kind of getting back to him that, that people are watching like, just the, the look like a, a cop ha- having a cigar brand and you're drinking and you're smoking. It's not the look that the department wants. Da, 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 da. So for his, his own you know career path, he decided to step away from the company and congratulations to him. Cause he just got promoted recently to Lieutenant. I'll give uh, Bill a, a toast yeah. to that. Here I'll, I'll pour a little bit more and toast bill. Yeah. I saw, yeah. we saw that promotion, man. That was that, what a great feat too. Yeah. Awesome. And then, What's to say now he wants to retire? Maybe he wants to be chief of the department one day, which he might be able to do if, if he if he wants to one day. So hopefully Bill gets chief of his department and, and uh, you know, we wish him the best. So, uh, so yeah, basically, I lost my train of thought. What, what was the question you asked? <laughs> so the, so the, so the cyber crime. Yeah, so now, now, so Bill leaves and we lost Agathis also. He was, Agathis, we owe him this company the success because he was the one that first had the idea for us to do this. He was the one that first gave us the financial backing to do this, but he wasn't really, he wasn't part of the company. Not that he wasn't, he wasn't like involved. So when Bill left, he was like, you know, I'm leaving too. So then it just became Kevin and I we became the, you know, the, 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 the sole owners of the company. And Kevin was like, you know how, you know, I'm not law enforcement, but I would like something I do. I do. I do, you know, cybersecurity, da, da, da. Right. Can we do something? Maybe a cyber crimes unit. I'm like, Kevin, I got you. I So I also designed the, again, I don't say I often, but we're talking about my, our babies. This is Kevin's baby, you know, so we picked a, a blend that he liked, but I was the one that came up with the idea to do the, the, the Churchill, the, the, the box press Churchill the, the the design and I was like Kevin I got it when you think about cyber you think about the internet the zeros the ones and the p's cascading had like this matrix look the green old school computers with the green so I don't know if you've seen the packaging but it, it is absolutely one of the most be- another beautiful the green pops like the band pops it's just as beautiful if you could find it that'd be great yeah, here, here we it go is. 
And it smokes great. Like, it's another one we can't keep. We another one we got 250 boxes and it was gone like that. It was it's amazing how they just go. And that's a great blend. Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble for saying this, but I really like I really like the matrix element of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, it's not the same exact because people are like, oh, the matrix are gonna the matrix are gonna sue you. If you look at the matrix, the matrix are all symbols that they're, they're, they're symbols. This is this is all computer zeros and ones and P's. So zero and one are just binary code for computers and the piece for protocol. But I, and then the thing is, what's pretty amazing is I, ha, I did it like a hologram where when you move the box around, it actually kind of cascade has like this cascading look to it. So it's really cool. And it's green and, and uh, it's Kevin's baby. And it's been, you know, doing really well for us. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really great look. So I mean, so you have this cigar to honor, you know, Kevin. He kind of it's kind of like I guess almost like his official introduction. Correct. Right? I mean, yes. 100%. Um, so I mean, I I mean, is the Sir Robert Peel the Juan cigar, or is are is there a Juan cigar that's gonna? I mean, because you you I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I mean, yes, you were you were a, you were a police officer, but you I mean, a very unique department. You're talking about the small department that Bill worked for, but. Right. You were in a very unique department too. You were in Port Authority, which right. is I did, I did four years uh, in the NYPD, and after 9/11 happened, uh, the Port Authority lost 37 officers, which was about five percent of the department because they were a small department. And they basically, I had taken the test, the NYPD test, and the Port Authority test around the same time. And the Port Authority is a lot; it's a small department. I'm talking about NYPD at the time I was there was 40,000 men and women strong. And the Port Authority was only 1,200. So very small department compared to the NYPD. And um, it was harder to get on. And then after 9-11, they lose 37 officers during that tragic day. And then the federal government the next day after 9-11 tells them, you have to have a cop at every train station, at every TSA checkpoint, at every mouth of the tunnel. This So it created like a 500-man deficiency overnight. So what they did was they scrambled. They had to fill the because the federal government is telling them now. So what they did was they canceled the RDO, which means regular days off. They canceled people's vacation. People were doing doubles and triples. It was crazy. So what they did is they started going into their personnel records. And anybody that had prior law enforcement, they just took them and gave them an expedited academy. So I went, instead of going through an eight-month academy, I went to a two-month academy. And then I moved over to the Port Authority. I'm just so happy to be blessed that the NYPD and the Port Authority are the same pension system. So my time, actually, the four years I had with them transferred over, which was great. So I got credited right. my four years, and I did my time, uh, my 16 years, altogether 20, a little, little, bit, little bit over 20 years. But uh, I did 20 years law enforcement in, in, the, in, the, in the states of New York and New Jersey. And to answer your question, basically, the the cybercrime is Kevin's cigar. The Themis was Bill Agatha's cigar because the way we came up with the Themis was we wanted to, you know, say thank you to Bill. So we came up, we wanted to do, a, so we look, how do you take law enforcement? Now put a Greek theme on it. So we were thinking about doing it, the Greek word for police. I'm not going to remember now, but we were trying to do all, all these different concepts. What would work? What would look good with our fit? But to be Greek, and then what we came up with was the uh, Themis, which is the Greek goddess of justice. She was Zeus's first wife, and her job was to maintain law and order in the Greek god world. And that's where they got the inspiration for the Lady of Justice that you see in all, all the courthouses all over America. Yeah. Women with the scale of justice, that's where they got yeah. the inspiration from. And that's what happened. So that was Bill Agathis. And then plus Bill Agathis was a very lighter body cigar. So that was his cigar. 
Kevin has the cyber crimes and throughout the organic, I didn't say this was my cigar, but to answer your question, yes, the, the entire Lawman series, anything that comes out with that, it's, it, uh, the, that's my cigar. That's the okay. Juan cigar. So the Sir Robert Pio Natural Maduro Juan cigar, the Elliot Ness Juan, and then whatever comes out later on, it's all going to be because it's, again, through, it was my brainchild, and I'm the one that that, that that put it together. So, yeah, I would, to answer your question, yes, the, the, the entire, not only the Sir Robert Peel, but the entire Lawman series is, is my baby. There's a lot in uh, your law enforcement background that I want to get into, uh, particularly with uh, our segment uh, tonight, uh, featuring tonight's charity. So we'll get to that in just a minute, but we're going to take a, a quick break here and kind of go into our a couple of our fun segments, which I really enjoy. And now, uh, Juan, you, because uh, it has been a while since you've joined us, um, we uh, we have uh, this new segment on Los Fumar Takes, and this is, it's been a lot of fun for, and this is our One Must Go and uh, so our One Must Go segment is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. So I wanted to have a little bit of fun with this one. So um, so 2020, as we all know, is just an absolute clusterfuck. Yep. And uh, and a lot of a lot of things were good. But you, uh, you, along with some other companies, Protocol being one of them, um, really took to the airwaves, so to speak. And, you know, you've always been, a, like you said, at the very top of the show, you you have always personally and protocol has always been about engagement, power of the P. It's always been that. And uh, you guys have always done a great job with that. And so nothing nothing changed in that. You were guys were doing, you know, you guys were hosting herfs and you even had a 24-hour lounge that was a, that you did in conjunction with the guys over at Cigar Dojo. Still, still available, still on. I bet still going. In there. Yeah, still going. A year later, still going. And uh, it's just, it was just an incredible feat by you. And so, like, I, I, and and you would you would come on air and you did a ton of these shows like you always do. And there was a there was a question that you would that you would pop in constantly to almost everybody. They would come into uh, come into a herf or that you've been, been on. In fact, you even messaged me when Kevin was on the air a year ago and you said, I have to ask this question. And I did. So and that question, of course, is who is your cigar celebrity crush? Yes. OK, so um, so the one must go. The concept is I give you three things and one's got to go. But we got to get to this. I'm building up because I have this this idea about we're going to have a little fun tonight with the one must go. So my question before we even talk about one must go is who is Juan Cancel's celebrity crush? I have no qualms about it. I let everybody know is a 1000 percent Matt Booth. Matt Booth. Matt okay. Booth from Room 101. I actually recently I don't have an army because I went to go have it clean. But I, I you know, room, the Matt Booth has the Room 101 jewelry. They, of course. They do some beautiful pieces. And I've always just wanted this big, manly Cuban link thing. So I'm like, I reach out to Matt Booth. I'm like, bro, I need a, a silver, sterling silver, beautiful Cuban links, wrist armor and some neck armor. I need, I just, I want to boom. So he, this massive, I don't have it. I wish I had it on me, but it was, it's being cleaned at the jeweler because I never knew silver tarnishes so fast. So I'm, I got oh, tired yeah. of, it's a pain, it's a pain, but I, even if I got to take it to the jeweler once a month to have it shiny but when it's on it just looks like i'm into like big watches i like the big jewelry that's just that's just who i am and i got these two pieces from matt booths shout out to matt if you guys want to see some great jewelry matt mm-hmm. booth room 101 has some great stuff so i've met matt booth and he is sort of another like when you look at matt booth he's like 
out of the box. He's not your typical, he's not your, and, and I don't, I'm, I'm going to say this, not being disrespectful. It's, it's actually me being very respectful. He's not Nick Perdomo. He's not uh, AJ Fernandez. I'm sorry. He's not a, a, a well, AJ Fernandez is a little unique, but he's not like Fuente. He's not Rocky Patel. He's his own unique human being. You could, you've had him on the show, right? Yeah. You see how he's just this, it's just beautiful. And I, I've always, felt like that guy was my, my 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 spirit animal he was my 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 my, my man crush and that's what he came up one day on the whereby the, the, who's your man crush and mine is definitely matt booth and i got something else going i'm very special i'm gonna have a i'm having a custom ring made up and it may or may not be matt booth's face on it but that's the level <laughs> of man crush that's that's the level of dedication it. yes that's the level so you, of dedication. you've asked this question hundreds of times if not thousands at this point so and I'm putting you on the spot here, Juan, but what are the top three answers that you've gotten from people? You know, when you ask people, when I ask consumers, you get a lot of the people, but it's funny. We started, so in the whereby room, um, Erica Tornsman had a great concept of, this was during COVID, everybody was locked down at home. And we had the idea of doing the whereby room with him. And that's Kevin's brainchild. Also him and Kevin came up with it. And they're like, boom, let's sponsor this. Whereby. There was a time where we had a weekly, uh, um, every week we would have a different guy on there, Steve Saka, this and that. So when you ask people, they'll tell you, but when you ask an industry guy, like who your man crush is, a lot of times they don't want, oh, I don't have a man crush. I don't, you know, Willie Herrera one time was like, I don't, I don't idolize nobody. It's not about idolizing. It's just somebody's got to be a little kind of like, wow, you know, this this guy's doing his thing. But it's, I get it. It's a, it's a very ego thing with a lot of people. And I, my egos, like, I'm very self-confident. I don't care. And I, I, I'll tell you who it is. But to kind of answer your question, uh, a lot of the people would say like Fuente, uh, Herc Lotz, uh, Kevin's is actually um, Terrence Riley. Terrence Riley. Um, I think I have to say the most I heard was probably Jonathan Drew was like okay. guy's man crush, which is understandable. All right. So we're going to take, we're going to leave Kevin's out of this. Okay. So here's the one must go. Mm-hmm. So here's putting now, putting you on the spot again. Okay. So okay, we're going to take good. Fuente, Herc Lotz, and Jonathan Drew. Oh God. One's got to go. Holy cow. Who is it? So JD is a hundred percent one of my mentors in this. And I, and there's jokes that I have a lot, but I do, I do have a lot of mentors. There's a lot of people. And I went about seven years before I even had a cigar. And it was in the cigar industry of people just exposing myself. I don't even sound right. I'm not exposed, but being exposed to these people and they, they just talking to them and you have conversations with them and they really just, uh, you know, Jonathan Drew really inspired me. So he's definitely not going. Herklocks and Fuente, I love both of them a lot. And I guess happened to see Calito recently. Oh, my God, this is so hard. Uh, one of them has to go. One of them's got to go. Okay. So JD's staying. JD's definitely staying, 100%. Uh, if I have one of these guys, go, it's, oh, man, no disrespect, Carlito, but <laughs> definitely you got to go because Hurt Locks, if it wasn't for uh, Matt Booth, Hurt Locks would be my second man crush. I love that guy. He's a great human being. And shout out to Michael Hurt Locks again. And in your new endeavor, I wish you a lot of luck in your company. You took over, and that, you know, Nat Sherman, great, great things. But definitely, to answer your question, Carlito, I'm sorry. I do love you, but you got to go. Oh, man, that's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Tough decision. And you want to know, I went 100% on my personal relationship and interaction with them because 
I hate to say it. I have nothing in my collection of Nat Sherman. I don't have one Nat Sherman cigar in my 5,000 cigar collection I have at home, but I have an entire chest of at least 500 Fuentes. So I did that 100% on just my interaction with the person and, and what they mean to me. And not to say that Calito doesn't, because he's also inspired me, but I have a lot of, um, I can't say I have a lot of respect. I have a respect for Fuente, of course, but just something about, Michael Hurt Lots, I love so. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about it. He's, he's, an, he's an easy guy to like. It's uh, I've I've built up a relationship with uh, with Michael over the last. He's a tremendous years. human being, and that guy looks like he stepped out of freaking sh- a photo shoot twenty four seven. It's just amazing. I just wanted I just want to know who uh, who follows him around and gets all these amazing shots of him. He has a production team. I know he has a a a, a group of photographers like. Think before COVID, you you see him walking down a Manhattan street with like, I don't know if he had a fan on him, but he'd be walking with a trench coat or something and it's blowing and he's smoking a cigar. He's he's a mid stride. Like who the hell's walking in front of him and taking that picture? Like (laughs) kudos to you. Uh, uh, I'll do a toast to uh, Michael Hurtlots. He is amazing. We'll drink to Michael Hurtlots. That's fine. Cheers. Cheers to him. That was a good, that was a good question. We got more like that. Oh no, that was only one. That's that is our one must go. But I like that. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to take your question and, and, and put a put a one must go spin on it. And as always, uh, our one must go segment is brought to you by United Cigar uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living United. So Fuente's got to go. Uh, that was a, that was a tough one though. Fuente, Herklotz, and Jonathan Drew. Would you have was were you shocked that I say Fuente has to go? Would you have said I maybe pick one I, of the other ones? I, I I thought your reasoning was going to be this. I heard the the reasoning felt felt right to me. I thought you were going to say Herklotz. Um, I thought because I because I know you're a Fuente guy and that goes way back. And I thought those yes. roots were too deep for you to for you to kick him. So I was like I was like oh it's probably going to be Herklotz. Uh, based on the same reasoning, right? Right. But, but it just it just turned out to be opposite. So I was actually thinking about getting a uh, the Fuente band would be the only tattoo. I, I, once upon a time in my fandom, I was thinking about getting a, a Fuente tattoo. Oh wow! Yeah, that, that's the level of respect. And I, you want to hear something funny again? And I have a lot of respect for Carlito, his daughter. Like sidebar, the biggest. One of the biggest regrets I have in life is not going to the Fuente wedding. Liana actually invited me to go to the wedding. I had oh one plus one and I was like, oh, I got to go. I'm going. And I believe my wife was pregnant with my son at the time. So or something was going on and she couldn't go. I think it was the pregnancy. Or, or how, how, how many years was that? Something was going on. I don't really remember what it was. It doesn't really matter. But she, she couldn't go. And then I was like, oh, man, I don't want to go by myself. That's going to look weird. So I actually asked Bill because Bill's also a fundamentally tremendous Fuente fan. And I was like, Bill, let's go. He goes, I'm not going with you. People are going to think we're we're a couple. I'm not going to go. Get out of here. I'm not going like, to You got to go. <laughs> and he actually regrets not going. We talked. We've spoke about that. And I was like, okay, now do I go by myself and be like a weirdo? And I decided, no, nah, I'm not going to. I just overthought it and I didn't go. But to this day, it was one of my uh, my biggest regrets. I should have went to that wedding. But that's the and And again, that's to show you the level of, of re- love and respect I have for that family. Mm-hmm. And I also have three cigars, three Fuentes. The first ones I got from 2005, they're in, they were in a glass. In 2005, I bought a, a package 
uh, a box like three Fuentes and really rare sizes and the long glass tubes. And I said to myself, I'm going to hold on to these. And what eventually happened back then, I even have three kids. But I said, as, as I started holding these cigars, I said, at each of my kids' wedding, I'm going to smoke one of each of these Fuentes. So I got two, three Fuentes. I got three kids, a 2005 edition one. So I'm going to smoke each one of those. That's the level of how Fuente is fundamentally in me. But just something happened with Herclox, the friendship that we have. I, I could not do that to Mike because I have a, you know, a lot of, you know, he's just like a personal, you know, mentor to me. So again. I didn't. I didn't know you. I didn't know you had three kids. One. Yeah, three. Three kids. One is uh, eighteen. She's driving now. It's amazing oh, how. Yes, yeah, scary things. Uh, the middle one is uh, just turned sixteen, and my little guy is. Uh, it'll be twelve in October. So one boy and two girls, or one boy and two girls is correct. Yes. Oh, it uh, and is uh, is the boy named after you? Did you no, go classic I don't. I, I, I'm a junior. I didn't want uh, a, a Juan the third. So I, I think Juan is too stereotypical. It's like Jose, you know, Juan, Jose, <laughs> you know, I was like, nah. So we went with Jonathan. So uh, that's his name. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Just because the, the conversation we were just having. So is he named after Jonathan Drew or did that just play a part in it? Yo, you want to hear a funny story, actually? One day when he met, when Jonathan was at my house and he met uh, Jonathan, my son, and I was like, hey, Jonathan, this is Jonathan. I'm like, oh, I'm Jonathan. And, I, and I went to him and I went to Jonathan after Jonathan. When I, maybe he was a baby. I don't remember when it was, but he was born already, right? And I said, you know, I went to Jonathan. I said, yo, you know, I named my son after you. He goes, really? You did? I'm like, nah, I'm just joking. It just happened to be Jonathan. But he laughed. He was like, <laughs> he was laughing for like 10 minutes. He goes, you got me, bro. I was like, nah, I'm not that, I'm not that much of a fanboy. I'm going to name my kid after you. But yeah, it's uh, Jonathan. <laughs> So That's I think awesome. it was after like his uh his one of his uh his his, his grandparents somewhere along the lines. Awesome. Well, that was our that was our one most ghost segment. This is this next segment we uh we talked about one and 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 I I, I have really really enjoyed doing this. I, I started this this tradition on my on my birthday late last year in October, uh, where I've I've started to ask my guests uh, to come in and we're going to spotlight, highlight, and raise awareness for a the charity or nonprofit of my guest choice. And when I, when I posed this question to you, I said, Hey, think about it. And you didn't have to think about it. You came back right away and you said, we're going to do a tunnel for towers foundation. Now I'm going to do a little brief intro in it, but I want you to take the floor. I'm going to stay silent for a few minutes. I want uh, and let you talk about it, but I just want to give a brief story about this. Cause I just, I, when you told me about this foundation, I'd heard about it a little bit, but I didn't really know too much of the backstory. So I went and read some about it and just what a beautiful story of sacrifice and love that this this foundation is rooted in. So it was a firefighter, Stephen uh, Gerard Siller. He was the youngest of seven children. And at, at the age of eight, he lost his father. And a year later, he lost his mother. So he became an orphan and he was raised by his older siblings. And for a while, he went through a period of struggle and everything. Um, but his, his love of family and his family's love kind of carried him through. And, um, and then he became, he became a fireman. And on, we talked about 9-11 a few moments ago. And on 9-11, Stephen, who was assigned to Brooklyn squad number one, he just finished his shift, actually. And he was on his way to play golf with his brothers. And then word came out over the scanner about what was going on. He didn't hesitate. He uh, called his wife, said, hey, tell my brothers I'm going to catch up with them later. He grabbed his gear and went to work, like a lot of you that day. He drove his truck to the entrance of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, where he couldn't get in because it had been closed down. He grabbed his gear, 
60 pounds, 60 pounds race through that race through on foot through that tunnel towards the towers. And he gave his life saving people like so many, too many that day. That story is a beautiful story. Um, and it's a story that happened probably several dozen times uh, that day. There were cops in the NYPD in the Port Arthur that were off duty. That they didn't have to go down there. There was a cop that I believe in the NYPD that had just maybe retired. I don't remember the story, but he was he was actually going into acting. He had just did a, I guess, a screening or whatever whatever they use in the acting where you're trying for a part. And he saw what happened. He went down there and he also lost his life. So many people that were off duty, were not on the clock and went down there. And, you know, we had guys on our job, the Port Authority, the NYPD, they did the same thing. And it was an amazing, like that day we lost 343 firefighters from the FDNY. We lost 37 uh, police officers from the Port Authority. We lost 23 from the NYPD. And these are people that, that uh, that's why, you know, I've been a cop for 20 years and I know what it is. I know the media, you know, really plays us as, as bad guys. And it was something we wanted to do. Um, and we knew that uh, making a brand that was uh, law enforcement themed um, to honor uh, the men and women of law enforcement and first responders in general. And being a cop is like, is like the stock market. Sometimes your stock's hot. Like after 9-11, everybody loved cops. But something happens and God, you know, things happen and things go wrong and somebody dies, then your stock goes down. It's like a roller coaster ride. And as we knew we were going to have ups and we we're going to have downs, but that didn't deter us from the fundamental of this company. We wanted to, you know, honor and pay homage to the men and women that sacrifice every day, sacrifice their lives and put their lives at risk for the uh, safety of, of basically for this country, for the people, just the, the, the natural order of things, just for you to live in a, in a safe country you know we were over here uh, risking our lives and the bottom line of my 20 years i never saw any kind of police corruption on it i saw men and women every day praying to god just to make it home safe that night so they can go home to their families and all they wanted to do was make a a difference make people's lives better and that's the same thing that happened on 11 the in the tower and when you ask me what what uh not for profit, what charity we want to do and tunnels, the to tower came up, right. They have a great 5k race to kind of walk in the same steps that, uh, that firefighter Silla went through from the Brooklyn battery tunnel all the way to the towers. And it's, uh, just a great, great organization. People could, you know, if you Google, I don't, I didn't write the website, but if you Google tunnel to towers, this, and it's become so much more and it's become now they, it was started off like a firefighter thing, but then it, it just blossomed and, and grew into this thing where first responders, EMS guys, cops, firemen, anybody that, that dies in the line of duty, you know, serving their country, you know, in the safety of the people that, that are out there. And sometimes, you know, they, they have hardships. They, they build houses for officers to get and first responders, not even officers, uh, first responders, they get hurt. They build these special houses that are, you know, let's say somebody's the, you know, debilitated and they can't, you know, they, they build houses that are these smart houses and they do so many things. And they do fundraisers. It's just amazing what this organization does 
And all you guys have to do is Google tunnel to towers. There's things you could do, pay $10 and they get, they get great funding, but it's, it's the money. It's beyond firefighters. It's beyond cops. It's all first responders nationwide, not even New York city It's nationwide and the stuff they do. And it's amazing. And actually when uh, Caldwell approached us and said, uh, you know, which, which uh, you know, we're going to do something for, you know, which nine 11, uh, which, which organization would you want to do? And before it came out of my mouth, he goes, I'm thinking tunnels, tunnel to tower. And I was like, that's exactly what I was going to tell you. Tunnel to tower is the one to go. So it's a great thing. And you guys could go on there and then uh, look at it. If you know, maybe put out a link for the guys to see, but uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's just what they do is like, and it, it's gone to military. It's, it's, it's grown so much. It got to from, from one firefighter, from the sacrifice that one human being does. And then all first responders, military, we all do the same thing. We sacrifice our lives. And there's a day that we, you know, a, a, a terrorist attack happens or just, just whatever, doing a car stop or whatever it is, you can lose your life. And this is Mr. Stiller, you know, fire, firefighter Stiller lost his life that day amongst another 342 firefighters. And this is organization, organization was born of that and what it's done. You can see on there, the fallen firefighter, they do military, it's just amazing. It's just it is an amazing organization. And uh, when you asked me that, that's the first organization that came to my mind. What a, what a great organization is this tremendous close, close to home for you. One, I did put the donation link inside the chat. Um, I did tag uh, the foundation on uh, the advertisement for tonight's Perfect. show on our great. Facebook page. Um, and it's my, uh, this is uh, something my wife and I talked about uh, when I started this, uh, this, the segment one, uh, we were, uh, my wife and I were going to, uh, are pledging a, um, a small amount to, to each, to each charity that, that is, uh, that is spotlighted over That's the course beautiful. of this year. So, uh, later tonight, um, in your honor, uh, my wife and I will be donating a, a small amount to Tunnel That's for Towers. Awesome. Thank so. you. I want to have a toast to, uh, to those lives. Cause you think about it, it was, uh, 343 firefighters. 63 uh, law enforcement between the NYPD and Port Authority, and then thousands of civilians that lost their lives. And these numbers, these, these are the numbers that died that day, but they have grown because people are dying today. This is 21 years later, 9-11, yeah, right, 21, uh, 20 years later. 20 years later, yeah. 20 years later, people are still dying today from being uh, they're exposed to, you know, the asbestos, the dust, the this. Oh, my God. People are still dying today. 20 years later, people are still dying. It's important to keep awareness of that day that uh, it feels sometimes that we and like one of the cops one time told me when I was in NYPD, the further away you get from 9-11, the closer you're going to get to uh, 9-10, because people seem to sometimes like it's just not talked about enough. And uh, when I. Uh, and that day changed my life. It really did change my life. I got a tattoo on my chest of, uh, it says, uh, all gave some, some gave all. And it was a 9-11 tattoo because I wanted to do it. That's the level, you know, and it changed me. I was there, I think it was like 17 days straight, um, maybe 18, 19 hours. I would go home and my boots would be melted. And, you know, they were gracious enough to, you know, to give us boots the next day or whatever, but it was, it was, I was there and it was just, a, you know, it was just like a, a, it's funny how, uh, you know, I have, thank God, knock on wood, I have no, no real health issues from the day, but uh, 
we all, you know, a lot of the cops that were there, first responders that were there, you know, there's, there, it has affected us. And I, and I really, I think like most guys, we, I just lock that up down somewhere and just not talk about it too much, but it does affect you. And it does affect the person you are years later. This is something that 9-11 is always going to be something that was, it's always going to be part of me. There was a time when I would not go out i would not have a good time during that. i wouldn't go out to an, anything that had to do with having a good time that was my day of mourning 9-11 it wasn't until uh a lieutenant he actually retired his name is george morales from the NYPD, retired lieutenant he invited me to a boat ride on 9-11 i was like let's go i'm like i'm not going out um it's 9-11 that's my morning day like i would go down there and just mourn and whatever and he goes listen you know a lot of us lost our lives down there but we got we got to keep on going you can't you have to somehow survive that you have to and i was like all right and i went on this boat ride a cigar but i had a great time it was the first time in probably eight or nine years that i had had any kind of a good time that day like i wouldn't do any kind of event no cigar nothing like that, especially in the company i wouldn't we wouldn't do anything but now it's a little bit better so but you know thanks to george to help me understand that you can still mourn but continue on with your life so yes, we encourage you to check out the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Uh, Once choice for tonight to spotlight and highlight. Uh, please consider donating. What a tremendous cause! And and uh, you know, uh, you know, you you mentioned uh, the further we get from 9/11, the closer we get to 9/10. I, I I can't think of a more fitting a more fitting uh, mantra because I feel like yeah, we're here. We are this year. Will be our will be 20 years. 20 years from that fateful day. And, you know, I was a kid, 18 years old. I was a senior in high school. And I remember everything about that day. I can't imagine what it was like for the people who lost um, personally. And, um, and so we, we honor them tonight yes. and we honor uh, them through. I want to have a toast to all those lives Please. lost and all the people that gave themselves some of us gave lives, but we all gave something. Some gave all, but thank you for the service that all first responders, not only cops, firemen, EMS, those first, thank you very much. Nurses, thank you, first responders. Cheers. That was emotional. So one, I do, I do, this is something I've, I've wanted, I've wanted to ask you for a while. Yeah. And, um, because you were there. Mm -hmm. Do you think there'll ever be a moment? There will ever be a moment where we will have the unity as a country as we did on September 12th, 2011. That was, I was a, uh, I was in the NYPD when that happened and Cops usually feel, especially cops, like firemen, you think about a fireman, a fireman, you have, um, you get a fire, they're there to put out fires, they're there to save lives. Unfortunately, a lot of time cops get called and something bad happened, you know, you got robbed or, 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 or you're getting a ticket because you were driving too fast. So um, cops, a lot of times feel, we, we feel like we, it's a, it is a thankless job. People don't appreciate it. They don't understand it's a job and we're enforcing, it's our job to enforce laws. We live in a civilized society there's a social contract for you to live in this society 
you give up the right to walk down the street. You see somebody with a uh, room one-on-one chain and you like it, you know, or a bracelet, you want to take it, you just hit them over the head. No, we live in a, in a, we're supposed to live in a, in a civilized society and that social contract. And we're the ones enforcing those laws that maintain the, uh, the social status uh, of just living in a civilized area where you should be able to walk down the street at any time, any given time of the night, I don't care, it's four in the morning, three in the afternoon, and you should be able to walk down safe. But there are people that are there to uh, take advantage of you and, and try to hurt you. And it's a cop's job to catch these people. And then the whole thing also, you know, social contract, you know, you, you, you got to drive amongst the, uh, the speed limit. You got you can't run red lights because that's the reason at three in the morning, a red light's there. It's on, it's honor based. You know, you see, yeah, the red light, you got to stop. If nobody's around, you know, you don't see people just taking it, but that's what happens. And we're the ones there to enforce that. So a lot of times uh, the media plays us as to be the villain when in reality, where they're just there, you talk to the average young cop on the job right now. And all they want to do is just help people. That's all we want to do. And it's a thankless job. So what I saw after 9-11, it was like everybody was sitting there. You know, we love cops. And it's that unity that like you said. It was a tragic thing. And this country was the most. It wasn't black, white. It was just we were Americans. Do I think we'll ever be there again? I think if another, it, unfortunately, what I think, like now it's the most decisive I've seen it in probably since 9-11. I think it would take another catastrophe like 9-11 to bring us back to that point. I hate to say that, but I don't think we'd ever be, you know, there again unless something like that happens. Because from my outside perspective, I think it happened. It's happened a couple of times, but never to that magnitude. You know, the right. the, the Boston Marathon bombing is, yes, is, was, is yeah. things like that. Thing, but, but that was so, that Boston Marathon thing was more regional in the Northeast. It became real big, you know, pro cop, but it never became so pro fireman first responder after nine eleven. And will, will we will we ever be there again? It, uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, my 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 honest answer from the bottom of my heart and soul is that it would take another catastrophe like nine eleven to bring us back there again. You know, it it is interesting how it's interesting and, tr and both equally tragic how catastrophe brings out the humanity in people yes. and, and that's and, and that's i guess that's the overwhelmingly positive thing you know it, it wasn't necessarily those first responders that was a part of it too but hurricane carvey was another example mm -hmm. recently where i mean average joes right. average joes were buying boats off of I, I mean i lived up here in dallas fort worth and people were going to ba bass pro shop completely sold out of boats and people were towing them to everything and they were hauling ass down 45 to get to Houston they're rescuing people out of you know these 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 neighborhoods that were just that were flooded in apartment complexes and 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 again like you said it was so it was so blind to everything i don't want to say colorblind because it it, it was deeper than that it was it was right. it was it was blind to class the human it blind thing. it was yes it was the humanity that that people were that people were were really focused on and 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 that i think that's you know when when I have these conversations and I talk about the current state of, you know, like you said, it hasn't been, you've, you've never seen this country as divisive as it is today. And yes. And I, I agree with you, but I, it, it, the most frustrating thing is in those, those, those horrific moments, those worst moments, we see the humanity of people. And it's like, why, why do we have to wait for it all to come down? For I honestly think, 
human those humanitarian moments happen every day. You just don't see it. For example, there was days uh, if I'm when I was working, and I did this many, many times as a cop. If I have, let's say I forget to bring money, I left my wallet home, I got $10 in my pocket, I'm going to go walk to get a cup of coffee because I'm, I'm walking from a station to the to the coffee place. I got $10 in my pocket. I see a homeless guy sitting there with a sign. He's hungry. I, I go up and say, yo, you hungry? You want a meal? I go in there. Instead of buying my coffee, I'd get him a sandwich, bag of chips, and a, and, a, and a soda or water, $10 gone, boom. Here you go, pal, take it easy, have a good day. That happens every day in America with cops. Because I, 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 if I'm doing it, there's other cops doing it. But, but you, the media doesn't, you don't see it. You don't hear mm -hmm. about that story. What you do hear about is a story where the cop tries to do an arrest, the person's not compliant, or even let's say, not, let's say something bad happens, a mistake happens, Boom. That's what you see on the media. So you only see all the negative, the negative, the negative. You don't hear about the thousands of the. So I believe something about a statistic. There's three million um, interactions throughout the year in America between cops and civilians, be it whatever kind of interactions. And then out, of, out of those three million interactions, 200 people want to maybe or 200 Lives lost is, is terrible. But when you look at the statistics, when you look at the percentages of that, it's minuscule. But those 200 bad incidences is what gets the media plays because that sells me, you know, it sells newspapers, the old cliche sells newspapers. But you're not hearing about all the good stuff I, I've seen in Brooklyn a drive by shooting, a little girl, I, I'll bring race into this, a, a, a black girl's there bleeding. A white cop goes up to the black girl, puts pressure on the wound, calls EMS for a, 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 a calls for EMS over the radio. EMS says they're tied up. They're ten minutes out. That guy knows that girl does not have ten minutes. He grabs her, holds the wound, tells his partner, "Let's drive to the hospital." Holds the baby in the back seat. Baby's bleeding all over him. You don't know. You don't know what the baby, God forbid, has. AIDS or whatever's going on. You, you just totally disregard yourself and you are there to help as humanity. And they drove this child, lights and siren, to the hospital. The baby was saved. Beautiful. Not a news. Not nobody. Who knows about that? Other cops that were there and saw that. And I saw that multiple, multitude of times through my 20 years of law enforcement. That's the stuff that I saw every day of guys and gals sacrificing their lives their well-being for others that they didn't know but that's the that's that's what you're doing that's your job and it is a calling and it's not about the money because we don't get paid that great and this is what they do but you don't see these stories all you see are the bad stories you see in the news it's unfortunate but i think that humanity happens more often but we don't read about it see about all we hear about is the bad stuff and when you all you see the media covering is bad stuff you think the world's fucked and while we are but i don't think it's humanity's as far gone as we are sometimes because all we, all we see is you know i saw that because i was there but nobody ever reached out to a news and talked about that or and if it did it was a one blip on the uh, evening news and it wasn't the amount of coverage that's something that like some other recent things that i won't talk about but you we all know what i'm talking about these bad things that happen 
you know, guys wind up losing their lives and that's what is focused on and cause all this, this, this ruckus. But I believe the humanity happens more often than not. It's just not covered by the media. So we don't see it. Like you said, it's a, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a thankless job. It's a hard job. And uh, Stuart, who's in the chat, you know, said from one first responder to another, wants to thank you. And I know I want to echo, and I think a lot of people echo those sentiments, Juan. We appreciate your 20 years of service. It's my pleasure to serve the people of this country because I believe cops like military, and same thing with firemen, all first responders, it's a service to, the, to your country. You know, we're not in the military, but in that, it's still, we all live in this country, in this great country we call America, and we're out there trying to make people's lives just for everybody to live safe. And that's what we try from the ghetto all the way to the best neighborhoods. We just want, everybody just wants to be live free and safe. And that's what we, you know, we try to do. We try to support that. Absolutely. Well, Juan, thank you so much for uh, bringing the tunnels to towers uh, to our Absolutely. attention. And, and uh, again, uh, please consider donating in that link or uh, on the, uh, the Facebook uh, post that uh, advertised for this show this evening. Uh, just go on the LLS from our page and you can find it, hit the donate button. This is one of the great things, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of vitriol. We talk about what you see and there's a lot of vitriol about Facebook too, about how it can be uh, pretty toxic and everything like that. But one of the great things about Facebook is you can raise money for a yeah. multitude of foundations and they don't take a penny. Uh, which I, th is I think Facebook definitely, but people talk about Facebook and so I think social media definitely, my opinion has, it's more good than bad. When you look at everything together, it's, it, I, I love social media and this company protocol cigars is based off social media and our engagement with the people out there. And I believe there's, there's, you got to look for, there's a lot of good going on and uh, uh, people are just, uh, it doesn't really uh, exp the good that I think human beings are generally good. I th honestly think that. And uh, it's just that, the media portrays a different thing sometimes. And it's, it's terrible that they should expose the good. You need to hear, of course, when something bad happens, you definitely need to hear that story. But how about if, if you have 10 bad things that happen, but there's 700 good things that you, you should, you, you should also play a little bit more on that good stuff. And that's something that happens in law enforcement. Really, you know, you don't really hear the good stories, the feel good stories that happen every day. It just, and then, because you don't hear it, you think it's not happening, but it is happening. It's happening every day. Right now, there's a guy somewhere in America performing CPR on, on somebody right now trying to save his life. Right now at this moment. I know it. And you just want, and if he does save that person's life, he or she, you, we won't hear about it. But it's happening. You know why I know it's happening? Because I've been there and I've seen it happen, but you don't hear about it. But just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening. So... I'm, uh, I guess, I, I guess, you know, I'm an optimist. I, I have, uh, uh, I have, you know, that's the way I feel. So I think we should uh, go back to having some laughs because it's got emotion. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we do, Juan, there's one last thing I will say, since you won't say it about yourself on behalf of the countless lives that you probably saved in your 20 years. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Salud. So yeah, let's get back to some let's get back to some joy here. Yeah, absolutely. So I I uh, I I finished off my first J train and I lit okay. up the paddy wagon, and we talked a little bit about this cigar uh, early on in the show. 
Um, we talked about a little bit about Guadalupe, but there have been a lot of limited edition cigars that you have done, uh, you know, since, since the formation of protocol cigars, it started with, uh, Guadalupe, like you said, but then, and then you guys came back to the roots of law enforcement focus. Um, a lot of projects, a lot of projects we've, we've talked about him tonight with Eric Atormson, Cigar Dojo. You guys have done the canine, the nightstick, the most recent one, which was the taser, um, and um and i am i forgetting there's 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 two more isn't there or at least one more there's three with dojo so you hit them right in the nose but we also have you know we've had so the things we do with that is uh the dojo and uh and i you know we have a great relationship and i was actually one of the first maybe i think i was like number 400 that actually joined the dojo and uh great online society great you know social media group and it's just awesome and just group of like-minded people that love cigars they don't want no drama and and they always lose post cigars and when i first saw dojo i was nowhere near even having my own company it was just me like a cigar geek and when you when you're a cigar geek you want to do cigar geeky things and i saw the cigar dojo and i fell in love with it and i actually eric has said it a few times like uh, when i saw what they were doing I actually reached out to like people in the industry. Like I went to, I remember being conference in a conference call, Rocky Patel and Nimish and Nish and some other people. Juan, tell us about the cigar doge. And I, I would sit there and tell them everything. And I, I, you know, you know, not that it's, you know, but I'm the one that kind of introduced uh, 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 Jonathan Drew to cigar dojo. Cause I, I reached out to Jonathan, said, Jonathan, you got to check out this app, man. It's freaking dope. You guys could, you know, get on board with them. And I helped them get a lot of, in the beginning, a lot of those sponsors. And not that, you know, I wasn't in the industry, but I knew a lot of people. So I was a consumer, but I knew what the industry needed, these type of things. Like they needed these kind of engagement things. So I would go to the guy, I know, recently Rocky Patel, Jonathan Drew, uh, Yari Gonzalez from Frode Gonzalez, all these people I was reaching out to and they want to, you know, become sponsors and doing projects with them. But that's how, how passionate I was about, you know, uh, Dojo. So, our relationship started before even protocol even happened. Now, once protocol happened, I went out and I saw that they started doing these projects like the dogma with Jonathan, with Drew Estates. And I was like, Eric, why don't we do something? You know, we have a, a great friendship. And I, I talked to Eric Katornsmanson uh, often. Just like, hey, how you doing? How's it going? You know, we actually saw each other at the Taser release. So the first one was the K9. We did that with uh, great with cigar. famous. Mm-hmm. We're famous. I think we did that one was maybe two, two or three hundred. I don't know. They remember the exact number. It was like maybe two hundred bundles, maybe three. I'm not exactly sure, but that's a project with them. We sold out in ninety minutes um, with Famous. Then we did the the nightstick the year after, and we kicked it up to uh, I believe it was five hundred bundles, and that was also sold out in ninety minutes. And the Taser again should have been last year's release, but because of COVID, pushed it to this year's release. And we had 500 bundles again. Um, it wound up selling out the day. Very unique because at Famous, we would do the online and the store event happen simultaneously. So you'd have people at the shop, maybe 60, 70 people at the shop, at the in-store event going on the same exact time as the online event. So you'd get updates and that's what happened. But with the so we, did, we did this last one, Taser, we did it with Smoke In, uh, Abe the Babna. Great human being, by the way. I love Abe a lot. Shout out to Abe. Um, 
he wound up doing the online sale first and the actual in-store event was like seven o'clock of that night. So by the time the online, I believe had they had happened simultaneously, but it's a long day, man. Being there from about 11 to whenever the store closes at midnight, it's a long day, but they decided to do the in-shop uh, event later on that night at seven. So we wound up selling out whatever X amount they pulled some bundles from uh, the initial 500 to have in store, but we wound up selling out. So uh, it wasn't the 90 minutes that I was expecting, but I believe that's only because the two events didn't happen at the same time. They didn't coincide with each other, but we wound up selling out great cigar, great projects. And um, we just love doing that stuff with Dojo and the success of that canine kind of like, all right, let's do more of these limited projects and let's do stuff with small brick and mortars where and again, I have a lot of love for like CI, Famous, Smoking, these big guys. They're great. But we feel that the backbone of this industry are the small brick and mortar shops. And we started doing these things, like these projects for small brick and mortars. Like uh, we did the uh, Jane Doe, Jane, John Doe and Jane Doe. We're up to uh, th three releases on that. So what we did is uh, it's stuff that we do with Eric. But, you know, again, we, we want to try to do things different and we want to do uh, stuff like a law enforcement theme. And, and, and we just the, the John Doe, Jane Doe concept was really cool because it was like when you have a John Doe, it's an unidentified male. Jane Doe's an unidentified female. So we released these cigars and we gave no blend. To this day, nobody knows what the blends are. We know what the blends are, but we said this is part of the marketing. When I, uh, you know, when it says wrapper, unknown, binder, unknown, filler, unknown. And it has been an, a, a testament to what we've created that we could put out two or 300 bundles of a cigar and say, we're not telling you what the wrapper binder filler is. We're not, we're not giving you zero. We're giving you zero information on it. And each of those have sold out and it's helped the brick and mortars that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like an instant little cash flow. Boom. They, they get 500 bundles. It's not like they're sitting on them for, for months. They're, they're gone in a day or two. It, and that's a testament to, I believe the relationships that we've built with the cigar uh, shop owners and more importantly with the consumers that these guys have faith in the cigars that we come out with that we know we're not going to come out with a, a shitty brand or, or, or a shitty stick. It's going to be a great quality cigar and they sell out. So uh, this year we are releasing a John Doe and Jane Doe uh, 3.0. 3.0, uh, okay. 3.0 is the third year doing that. And we've had a few other like uh, great releases. We've had a... Uh, J train. Um, I spoke about that, you know, John Reamer's cigar. And that is for a Facebook group called the uh, Johnny smokes uncut Facebook group. And we released the first I think it was like 200 bundles. Those sold out, but those are going to be open to, we did it first with Brian Lewis. I also helped them again, but that was going to be available. Once we do the first production run was gone. We're going to do other, other ones. Um, and that was going to be a national release. We open to anybody who wants them. It's a, it's a great little cigar. And again, what we do with these, when we do these limited editions, we try to incorporate the spirit and the soul, of the person we're doing it with. So J train, he was part of picking out the, uh, the, the blend and he did a great job. And, and he specifically said, I want something different. I want, so, I want, I wanted something to come out of Arizona, but doesn't taste like Arizona product. And I think we did a great job with that. The paddy wagon, which we spoke about before is another one we did. Uh, that was a great stick. And uh, again, uh, Brian and I, we've become great friends over the years. And he definitely uh, helped us picking that blend because we want them to be part of the process. 
And we also did Coppers. Coppers is another great cigar we did with a, a shop called uh, Vintage Cigar Lounge and Cigar Club in uh, Westerly, Rhode Island. That's an ongoing series. Uh, we have another one coming out. Um, you'll get the exclusive on this. I know we haven't put a press release out, but we're doing one for Manta Cigar Company in uh, Oklahoma City. Oh, we're actually okay. doing a three-day event for this one. We're going to do... They have three locations in Oklahoma. I believe one's in Tulsa and then two, two locations in Oklahoma City. So we're doing like a Friday. Uh, first weekend in June, we're doing a, an exclusive cigar for them. Uh, it's going to be an ongoing thing yearly. So we're doing a, a, across three of their stores in Oklahoma City, which is probably not too far from you if you wanted to drive up from Texas. It's probably yeah. what, like a four or five hour drive. I don't, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Well, Marta and OKC is like a three and a half hour drive. So it's That's uh, not bad at all. So when we release that, if you want to come by. You want to welcome to. What's the name of that project one? I'll let you know. It's called the, it's called the law. The law. The law. Nice. So what we do again, we always try to incorporate that company that we're doing that brick and mortar shop. So when you look at our mentor, the Oklahoma City, a lot of time when you think about Oklahoma City, you think of the Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. It's just something that comes t- to mind. So we did a Wild West theme, and it's going to be back in the days of Wild West. It was it was called the law. You're running away from the law, and the packaging looks very old school rustic. The cigar is going to look very rustic. It's going to be almost like something like Clint Eastwood, what you see in his mouth back in those days. So we did a very Wild West lawman kind of, the law, so we call it the law, which is pretty cool. I, I also designed the uh, the artwork for that. We're very excited about that. So uh, we got that coming up in June, um, and you know uh, we have the Jane Doe and the John Doe coming out this year. Uh, what else have we done? There's a few other ones. I guess the nice sticks, you know, the nice stick, the, the canines, the tasers, the those confidential the informant, the CI. Confidential informant was a great thing we did with the uh, CI. And actually, when we first sat down with CI. I went to Laura, Laura Barlow, and she worked for CI at the time. I was like, oh, I got a great idea for a, an exclusive. You know how you guys called uh, Cigar Internationals, nicknamed CI? A CI in the police world is confidential informant. And they were yeah. like, ooh, that sounds cool. Um, I think you're jumping ahead of the uh, jumping ahead of the, the wagon, uh, to, or to sort of say she was like, but that sounds cool. And then a year or two later, they went, went, came was like, yo, you told Laura during this thing about the confidential foreman. Let, let's let's do it. And then we wound up doing it. And uh, we did that. The packaging looked like a VHS cassette tape it was really different. And, uh, you know, those are great little products we do with, with, with people. And we're, we're you know, we, we just love doing these things. So, oh. One, I, one could argue that uh, along with the Guadalupe, there's another special release that you guys do um, that's not necessarily to law enforcement other than the fact that it's got the protocol name on it, but uh, the pool party cigars. Yes, the pool party cigars. So I'll tell you about the pool party. So just let you guys that are watching know, if you guys want to go to the pool party, it's um, Saturday, July 17th. If you go to protocolcigars.com, you go to events. You can. I, you guys could go and, and uh, uh, it's, it's now a ticketed event. Year one, we did a cigar. So what happens is when you when you ticketed purchase price, you get you know unlimited food, uh, adult beverages. Um, we do. We get. We always save all our unicorns, and when we do events like this, we will do raffles. So there's going to be a chance for you to winning some some great unicorns in the raffle table. There's going to be a DJ. There's going to be a live band an Olympic-sized pool, a hot tub, 
and we're there all night just partying and having a great time. Uh, this year is uh, uh, $200. You're going to get uh, a special that includes a 10 pack right there. You hit RSVP and um, we got like 200 bundles of the cigar made. And it's a very, so I've always kind of been, I'm not a, 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 like a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, like I always thought barber pole was very cliche ish too gimmicky. And I was like, I never would think about doing it full production, but you know, I said for a pool party cigar, Year one, we did a Mexican San Andreas, great little cigar, sold out, whatever production, whoever attended that party, you know, we gave it to them. Then we decided this year, I was like, we're doing protocol party year two. And it dawned on me, how about doing a barber pole? We do the same wrapper for the probable cause, which is Mexican San Andreas, and then do a uh, the Themis, that's the Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. So we got this beautiful barber pole. And it is gorgeous with this little pigtail on it. It is this pretty thing. I'm, pre- I've not smoked it yet, but I'm saying it cannot be bad because two great, two probably two of our best sellers, the probable cause and the themis. Combine that, the complexity. You're gonna as you're smoking it, you're gonna taste the changes. We're really excited about that. So when you, uh, um, we had an early bird special, but it's now gone, unfortunately. April first, it went. To, it was originally we did it for two hundred and fifty dollars. Now it's $200, but it's an all-day thing, and it's just an amazing... It started off first at Kevin's house. It was originally uh, Kevin's birthday party. And um, I think the first year, we said we have 20 people, want to be in 30. The second year we had it, was a, we said, okay, let's kick it up to 40. We wound up having 60. And it became a thing where it started to grow, and this is Kevin's house, his personal house. You can't have 60 people in somebody's house. It's just, it just becomes too much. And then people would get upset because they weren't getting invited and they were like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, important enough to you guys to get invited. So to kind of like to to not to hurt people's feelings and just kind of be, we just had a boom and do a ticketed event. And last year was the first one we did it. It was, again, all you could drink, all you can eat, cigars. It was just an amazing time. And I think this year is going to be even better. And we're excited about that. So if anybody wants to, you, you saw the link over there. At 200 bucks, you get the, the bundle of the uh, protocol cigars year two, the barber pole, Themis, um, probable cause. Then you get uh, all you could drink, adult beverages, uh, all you can eat, great food, and just a great time. And it's a phenomenal time. And, you know, something very different we do as a company. And a hashtag came about that says no party, no party like a protocol party. And because it'd be when we would do events, it, it was kind of like a party atmosphere because Again, you know, I never really adopted the concept of I'm a brand owner. So it wasn't like, you see this cigar, this cigar will go great with this scotch and we're sipping it. No, we're there, we're, um, um, we're, we're drinking, we're laughing, we're listening to music, we're having jokes. We're, it's a party. It's just imagine like a wedding or a party and you're just having a great time. And that's the concept that we've kind of gotten with. And I believe when we have that party kind of good time atmosphere, that really led to a lot of the great, uh, the fan base that we have and the, the supporters that we have are from things of that nature. So speaking of your supporters uh, earlier this week was uh, national beer day. And I know you're not drinking very much beer these days, right? But I, I did a national beer post. I, I, I don't drink very much beer these days either, but, uh, but I had a, I did a beer post and uh, our good friend, uh, Quentin nation. Yes. Um, gave me a little bit of grief and he's like man you need to get on you need to get on some seltzers and i was like well i drink with plenty of seltzer water but i was like there's no way you can cut you i was like you'd have to 
you know, skin me alive to drink a Bud Light seltzer. And, <laughs> and he was like, well, I know it's all about the Corona seltzers. There's better oh, flavor. So and I was good. like, why, why, are, why are we having this discussion? So I'm assuming you're going to have plenty of Corona seltzer for, for, yes, for Quentin. There's, there's going to be, you, you, you're going to have all top show. Last year we had uh, Corona, Corona seltzers. We had Corona beers. We had this, whatever you want is going to be there. There's going to be all top shelf liquor. It's going to be whatever you want. It's going to be there within reason. We're going to have the vodka, the scotches. We're going to have, uh, they were even making old fashions last year. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing time. I, and people, if you want a tent there, let's say if you want, if you have an RV, you can bring your RV there. You plug it in. I think you got to pay, I think it's $25, to, to, not even us, it's to, the, it's to them. So you can plug into your RV. If you want to do a tent there, there's a tent. There's a lot of options and it's going to be, it's not going to be something where they kick you out because we have the place from two o'clock when it starts to the next morning at 10. So it's like, they don't really care what you do. So it can be an all night party at this place. We two in the morning and the DJ's there or by that time, the DJ's probably going to be gone, but we'll have speakers there and it's a 200 acre place. It's all out in the open. If you're scared about coronavirus, we're hundred percent compliant. There'll be social distancing. There's going to be hand sanitizer everywhere. We even incorporated these band system. We have three bands. One's a green, red, and yellow. If you were, if you were in a red band, like stay away from me, stay, you know, I don't want no contact. Stay six feet away from me. If you got a yellow, yellow band on, you're like, Oh, I'm okay. You come, you know, dress me. Maybe we'll be, I'll play it by ear. And then the green is like, kiss me. I'm open. I don't care. So, uh, Overwhelming majority was all green. And from last year, it was August 1st of last year. It was still at the, at the height of coronavirus. Now, one person contracted coronavirus. It was out, out in the open. Everybody's practicing social distancing. Again, we have a 200-acre area. And we have this area within there where the pool is. Nobody's going to – it's going to be great. It's going to be safe, and everybody's going to have a blast. It'll be phenomenal. Well, the, I, I just have to I have to single out, you know, uh, Quentin for you know, it's considering the first time we met was at La Zona Palooza a few years ago. And the amount yes. of grief that he uh, gave me for not keeping up with him for drinking beer with him and uh, Bill Ives. Um, yeah. I, I have to I have to say things come full circle as he's touting the glories of, uh, of Corona Seltzer. Yes. Um, and giving me uh, grief for drinking an IPA on National Beer Day. But that that's I digress. Uh, Quentin's a good man. So he's awesome. I actually. So towards at the after party, this is after the party officially finished and we're in the parking lot of the, uh, of the hotel that we were all staying at. That probably won't happen this year because we will be there all pretty much all night, but uh, we had the after party and uh, I, I did this terrible thing. Like Thor's wearing this American flag bathing suit with nothing else. He's standing there hours. He wasn't even dressed. He was still in his bathing suit from the pool party. And I went behind him like a stealth ninja and I actually pantsed him in front of like a dozen people. Oh my God. It was quite, <laughs> quite the sight. And he was a good sport about it. Thor, thank you for being a good sport. Oh, uh, Quinn's got a great time. sense of humor, man. Oh, so. he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. <laughs> he actually says his man crush is Kevin Kaithen. Yes. He mentioned that earlier. He yes. did. So, um, but uh, um, really, uh, really looking forward to seeing how that's successful. So, I mean, so speaking of that, that date, I mean, that's after the that's about a week after the projection, after the trade show. Yes, the trade correct. show. So if it happened, we are for all intents and purposes, we are going to be at the uh, 
the the trade show. Um, we have not bought tickets yet, and neither has Eric because there's little rumors going around. We're hearing that they might push it back to October. I don't know if you've heard that particular rumor yourself, Bear. Have you heard that? I, I mean, I've heard whispers about certain things, but uh, for all, everything that I've heard is they are they are going a full go for the projected dates of July. So okay. I mean, we'll 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 see. I mean, we I mean we heard they're gonna last have to minute make a decision. Last year. So I, yeah, I, they're gonna. I would say by definitely by May. By May first, if if you haven't heard, they haven't heard it change anything. I think that that'd be the time to do it. So we're we're definitely gonna. As of right now, we are scheduled to be there with in Eric's booth again. I think it works so well. Um, being with Eric because like I told you before, I fundamentally think that Eric's success is 100% our success, but our success is also Eric's success because when you start, you know, we came out and you think about it's a small boutique brand. We've been around six years. In those six years, you've seen little boutique guys come and go and the amount of accolades that we've gotten in those six years have been pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, three cigars of the year, and again, that's all due to the quality and uh, the, 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 just the caliber of cigars that are coming out of La Zona. And again, you know, props to Hector for blending these phenomenal cigars. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think the, you know, um, <clears throat> we even with those whispers that are that, that we're hearing and everything, I since TPE seems to be a full go, are you planning on are you planning on being at TPE? We are not planning on being a TP. We're going to give that another because as a small company, it's tough, especially the happening right, right around the same time. You know, it's it's, it, it's kind of it's that dilemma of, of a small company. Like, you know, where do you you know, it's not like we have this big budget for marketing. It's a lot of it is, you know, small. So if we're going to do one. We, we got to choose one. And since we've done the the uh, or the PCA, uh, we've now it's a PCA, but we've done that since. Uh, 2015 was our first and the only one we missed was last year's because they um, canceled us up but it's hard to do another one especially as a small company i know it's sometimes and sometimes if you had to choose one and one's got to go you, you got to go you know again with loyalty we've been doing you know ipcpr since day one so we're going to continue the support of them it's a shame to see how you know you, you see attendance ship has gone down dramatic dra drastically since 2015 to to 19 is just amazing to see like it's just like a ghost town it's crazy how uh, it's happened um you know it, i hope i hope they can figure it out no definitely and uh i mean the current plan for me right now is to if, if it's if it's in july it's i'm i'm, I'm full go october uh, presents some challenges uh my sister's getting married and so if without any dates being being told on it, I'm not sure if I'll be able to, to attend in October, but uh, um, I will, uh, you know, for July, I, I will, I will attend. Um, that is the plan. So I'm really excited to, to get back to, like we've been saying for a year, get back to some sense of normalcy for right. sure. And I just recently got the, uh, the COVID vaccine. So that's going to, uh, I saw I'm, that the Johnson and Johnson, you went with the one yeah, shot, one kill, I, right? Yeah. I went with the one shot, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't, I've heard, my parents got the two shotter and like the first shot, like destroyed them. I was like, I've heard a lot of stories. Like, you know, like you feel like shit the next day. And I was like, but, and my 80 year, no, she's actually like 92. My 92 year old grandmother got, you know, got arrested. I got arrested, but God bless her. <laughs> she's still around. 
But uh, she got the single Johnson and Johnson, and she said she didn't feel anything. Just a little soreness of the sight. I said to myself, "Listen, I'm gonna." I was thinking because I, I, we'll talk about some events we got coming. But now I'm starting to do events again, and mm-hmm. if I bring, God forbid, if COVID hits the house, it's gonna, I'm gonna get blamed. Even if it wasn't me or not, I'm gonna get blamed for it. So I was like, let me get this vaccine, regardless of what you think about it. And I was like, just, just to keep peace in the house because I'm, I'm gonna start traveling more. Let me get this vaccine. And what better just get the one shot and done instead of you get the one shot now. And then a month later, you got to get another shot. And then it's just, I like that's too much complication. I like the one shot. Boom. Get it done. I got it done uh, earlier this week. And by the time I do uh, start traveling more and hitting more, uh, more events, I should be hopefully protected, but I'm still going to be careful. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm just trying to like, just trying to survive during this crazy time we're living in. So if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. So, so no effects from the, from the shot that you took slight soreness. And that was it um, mm-hmm. at the shot at the shot site, a slight soreness. That's about it. Like if somebody punched you hard on your, on your shoulder, that's pretty much what I got. That was it. I didn't feel bad and feel sick. Um, I did feel fatigued, but the day before we got a, a shipment in of uh, like 700 pounds. So I was lugging those up the stairs. I think that's from that. Cause I'm not uh, a young buck anymore. <laughs> I'm 48 years old. So, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work. But this is the this is what it, being a small business you know is about is you being more hands on like grassroots stuff like every every cigar box that people get my hands have touched them because I am the one that received them I unload them put them in our humidor when the orders come in through whatever store it is I'm you know I'm usually Kevin and I are the ones that are packaging those up and sending them out so that's how hands on we are to all our product you know it's you know people like I, you know. Not that it's nothing wrong with it, but like Rocky Patel is not touching every box because, you know, he's the scale, that he, the, the size and the mm-hmm. magnitude that he is. He's not. But we're small still. So, you know, we get whatever, a few hundred boxes and we send them out and it's just Kevin and I doing all the shipping. And that's how we do it. So if you see a fingerprint on the box, it's probably mine. <laughs> Well, this is the time of night where I've, I've just got two more questions for you. And so it's sure. always the time of night where I always thank my guests. This is a, you know, even in times of COVID, Sunday night is family time. And so mm-hmm. it's a time for you to relax and and uh, be with the ones that you love and everything. And 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 um, I know you've got a really tremendous busy schedule. You you uh, I reached out to you on short notice. Uh, you you know, you came on with me. I can't I can't thank you enough. That was my pleasure. I was due to get back on anyway, so you had Kevin yes. on last year, so it was my time. Absolutely, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. And so, uh, so, so last two questions. So, on the note of PCA, uh, and you mentioned, you mentioned loyalty, and you mentioned that you you've been that was that's the show you've been to since day one, since the company was founded, and it's one you can going to continue to support going forward. Uh, but you did mention about, you know, the, the dwindling attendance and everything. I mean, what, I mean, whether it happens in July or it happens in October, I mean, what, 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 and I'm asking Juan, the person here, not necessarily the brand owner or a representative of the industry or anything like that, but what do you think the attendance is going to be like? I mean, do you think it'll, do you think people are going to be that anxious and it's going to be. I personally think it's going to be the worst attendance we've seen because people are still, you know, it just now people are starting to get the vaccines, but it's just, it's still going to be, people are still going to be apprehensive. I just scared uh, the, the unknown, you know, and it's a very intimate thing. You have people sit down and you're talking and you're, you're there and it's, it's indoors. 
I think people are still going to be scared. I think that people, even though they say they're going to do it, they're going to be a lot of people going to be like, I'm not going. I'm just, I'll wait till next year. So I think it'd probably be a wise thing to do just to like, you know, again, just err on the side of caution. Because what happens if you go to that and you have between the shops and the industry people there, let's say you have 3,000 people in and out there, Somebody gets a COVID thing. It's gonna be. They're gonna. It's not. They're not. They're not gonna stay quiet about it. They're gonna. Oh, I got COVID at the 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 PCA, and it's gonna be a disaster. I think it's gonna be worse off there. They might. In my personal opinion, I think the industry it needs it to kind of get back into normalcy. But I often think about it's wiser to err on the side of caution when it comes to people's lives, because this is all about the humanity in people's lives and shows a certain amount of responsibility. If, and it's so early on, it's still July. Like if it was happening something in December or something like that, I could see, all right, listen, we still got a, almost like a whole full year to kind of do that. And it's the end of the year. But I, I, I you know, again, just, you know, I don't reflect the opinions of the company or the industry It's just the one thing. I definitely yeah. think that, uh, it'd be wiser to hold off till next year. I do think I'm like the, like you Quan, I'm an eternal optimist. And I do think, you know, whatever 2021 brings will be whatever 2021 brings. But I do think that we're, we're primed for 2022 to be hopefully. I think the 2020 successful show yes. ever. Yes. I think, I honestly think people are still scared about the whole COVID thing. I think 10 is going to be bad for this year. And why, that's a big cost. It's a cost for everybody. It's a cost for the shop owners to fly down there. It's a cost for the business guys to go down there. And I think definitely if you hold off, if you just do it for 2022, I think by then most of America will be vaccinated and everything will be, there'll be less of a fear of, about it. You, you, you know, even right now the vaccine, it's so something so new. It's just, it's just now I think Pennsylvania is still on uh the, sick, the way I I wound up getting it was uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know if it's just a Pennsylvania thing, but one of the one of the categories for special health conditions, like there's a whole long list of things, and smoking is one of them. So I'm like, hey, yeah. I I smoke all the time. So that's how I said I smoke, and uh, that was that's how I was able to get it. But still, like you know, it's not open to everybody yet, you know. And I think as time, it's just too soon. I think it's I personally think it's too soon as a country, everybody's still scared. You, you need, you need to let the dust settle from all this. I think as time goes on, the dust is going to settle more, more studies are going to come out. The, the vac people were saying, Oh, the, this first set of vaccines, you don't know how it's this fear of the unknown. And I think you net, you need to let that fear of the unknown subside a little bit. And I think it'd be wise for the, uh, uh, PCA to, to hold off doing this, is my opinion. You know, we'll certainly see what develops there. But um, um, so, so Quan, this is uh, the last question of the night, which is always our curveball segment. And so this is okay. the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. So fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yeah, I looked it up and I also got fact checked by uh, my good friend Will Cooper on that six consecutive years. So this is our curveball segment, Juan. So we've been talking a lot about your background in law enforcement. Um, so this is a fun. This is a fun question. It's a two-part question. Okay. Okay. 
So uh, we were talking about your uh, your first responder brethren in 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 in, uh, in fire departments around the country earlier as well, and I, I've gotten this from several. I know of several firemen that uh, that absolutely hate the film Backdraft. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, unrealistic, does not portray uh, you know to their words does not portray everything and uh, um, uh, you know what what duty is actually like as a fireman on the front lines and everything. So it's a, it's a, it's a movie that they loathe. So uh, I'm not going to ask you about films, but I'm going to ask you about the person. So who is the, this is, like I said, a two-part question. Who's played the best cop in a film and who's played the worst cop. Ooh. And I'm talking about like, not, not a bad acting performance necessarily, but just the character, the role you're like that, that's fucking stupid or that's freaking great that's dead on accurate that's exactly how it is so who's the best that you've seen and who's the worst i'm gonna say the best i've seen was al pacino and serpico that's probably one of my favorite uh cop flicks because uh it, it was hard for him you know back in those days you know uh uh, policing has evolved throughout the years throughout the centuries and I believe right now, um, while the media might portray as the most corrupt now more than ever, I think now I believe is the absolute opposite. Right now, you have the overwhelming majority of police officers out there are very uh, conscious and they don't want to lose their job. And all they want to do is, again, get home to their families. So. But back then in the 60s, I guess with Serpico, you know, a lot of corruption going on. That was a great, you know, just Al Pacino is a great actor. I believe he did a great job um, uh, playing uh, Frank Serpico in that movie. And I really enjoy that. The worst cop, and I love the actor, Denzel Washington in Training Day. I think that was the most absurd uh, 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 thing of, uh, of a bad cop type thing where, you know, it, it was just... It was a great movie, great movie. Right. But it was just, I, I can't see nowadays any, any, cause it just, that, 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 that wouldn't, a guy like that wouldn't survive. You know, nobody would have worked with him. The, the job would get rid of him. It's not like the way it used to be where it, it, now it's like you do anything, they're looking to fire you. And most people don't want to throw their pensions away. No, you know, it's a job. And a lot of people take, take this job because it's a good job and it's, you get great benefits. The pay might not be the best and uh, the work is hard. But, you know, for you to have that character to do this job for 20 years, you want to get out and you want to just enjoy your life. And, I, you know, I, I'm very blessed to say that I've been a cop for 20 years. I've survived. I've never got in trouble. You know, when I say get in trouble, like a like little stupid thing, like I make jokes, like I'm a jokester. So I've gotten like in that kind of trouble, but never gotten never gotten nothing like anything officially indicted or anything. I've never done anything to get indicted for. I was just always, I was always a good cop and I was trying to the same way. I'm a good human being. I, I think I'm a good human being. I try my best to put out positive energy, put out the positive vibe, be it, be a, a blessing onto people. I always say that be a blessing. Don't be a, a curse, be a good human being, put out positive energy. And that's, that's a philosophy I, I did as a cop as a philosophy I do as a human being. Like I try my best I do nothing maliciously. If I fuck up somehow here and there, it was always with good intentions. It's always me being, a, you know, you know, doing a prank, making a joke, always just trying to get a laugh, but never something maliciously bad. 
it just between being a copy is being a human being. So uh, that's what I do. And I see, but that training day was actually was egregious. He was just, he was out of control. So I, uh, even though he was a great performance, great actor, great movie, I thought that was a little bit uh, crazy. I'm glad you qualified it, Juan, because I'm 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 the biggest Denzel fan. I feel like I'm the biggest Denzel fashion Washington fan ever. He's awesome. Like, I, he's awesome. Man and of that, Fire. Remember how great that movie was? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And that that film, Training Day, made me hate him. Yes, because he played a you know and, and just he, a terrible human being. Yeah, terrible human being. Yes. So he was gonna kill his partner. It was just craziness. Like, you know. And the thing is, people will watch that movie and think that's how cops are, you know, on detectives. Mm. And that's, it's not. It's, it's nothing like that. Yeah, they think that uh, that uh, Jake Hoyt, you know, Ethan Hawke's character is the exception to the rule. When re- re- in reality, he actually is the he, rule. He is the he is the majority. <laughs> yeah. a, a guy like Denzel Washington wouldn't today in today's policing would, wouldn't even he'd be too scared because think about, you know, you, you don't want to get killed because when you live that life, you got the people, the drug dealers want to kill you. You know, it's just, you don't want, you know, again, just, just a fabricated thing. And, and again, great movie, but just that it's a movie. I, I consider that a fantasy a fiction, a, a work of fiction. He might as well have been fighting dragons and aliens and Bigfoots. Absolutely. Well, Juan, I can't thank you enough. What an amazing evening this has been sitting down with you, catching good. up. Before we get off, I just want to talk about some events we got coming up soon. Please, um, yes. So this, we have a new, it just uh, it hit the uh, press release, came out uh, earlier this week. I think it was like maybe today's Sunday. I think it was like Thursday. Anyway, one day last week, my press release came out. So we did our first line extension in the Lawman series. So the Lawman series is doing so well for us that we want to keep expanding it. So we did a line extension in the Corona Gordo and the, uh, the first one is Sir Robert Peel. And again, you know, we always trying to help the brick and mortar. So what we did, there's a shop in New Jersey called the Royal Leaf. It's mm-hmm. owned by Dee Pittman. She's actually a Doja Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And what we did to kind of help her out, because especially during this COVID times, like things are starting to get just a little bit. Oh, this like this place is like, occupancy is still not a hundred percent. So a lot of these, and I'm going to tell you throughout 2020, I know of at least four great little brick and mortar shops that were great accounts had to close their doors because these brick and mortars are used to, and depend on that foot traffic, that in and out foot traffic, they're not selling boxes online. And a lot of them depend on that foot traffic. So when 2020 hit and you cut that foot traffic, they still got to pay rent. They still got to pay their insurance. They still got to do this. So it really destroyed the brick and mortar the small mom and pop small brick and mortar so we do things like our our our, our limited releases with brick and mortars like you know you can only get at brick and mortars so besides doing that what we decided to do with this one to help d out um the cigar is gonna we have gonna have the launch party on this saturday um april 17th at uh, the royal leaf and then um, it's going to be an in-store event starting at five o'clock in the evening. And they are going to sell it before anybody else. And they're going to have exclusivity up until online. Also, she has a website. You guys look at Royal Leaf. Um, they're going to have exclusivity until May 1st. Then after May 1st, it goes all to our national accounts. And for those of you that love the Sir Robert Peel, if you love the Sir Robert Peel National Maduro, you are going to adore this Sir Robert Peel um, in the Corona Gordo size. It is absolutely, again, I said it before, the Corona Gordo size is just this perfect harmony 
of a rapper to bind the filler ratio. And it's going to just be absolutely phenomenal. People are going to love it. The next day and smoke Moniac in Philadelphia, we're doing a police officer appreciation um, um, meet and greet. It's going to be beer, cigars, and coffee. That starts at two o'clock smoke Moniac. It's going to be with, uh, there's a great organization called the smoking shields. It's a, uh, it started off as a police um, office, like a law enforcement kind of, uh, social group and expanded to first responders. Anybody with a shield. So, you know, firemen have shields, uh, EMS, most first responders have shields and it really opened up uh, over the organically over the course of their history, uh, smoking shields. Look at those guys up. Uh, they take uh, first responders now. So firemen could be part of them. Uh, basically, if you have a shield in your pocket, you could be a smoking shield. So we're going to have a, a smoking shields event there at smoke Moniac. And then we're going to be uh, having uh, beer, coffee, and cigars protocol event. And then the week after that, I'm going to be at SM Cigars in uh, Fort Pierce, Florida. And we're doing a crawfish boil there. So hopefully, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, Eric and myself are going to be there. I believe Heck, um, Hector, uh, Kevin's going to try to make it, but I don't think he can because he can't get up. He, he doesn't, he can't go for his day job. But I'm going to get down there and those are some great people in Florida. And uh, I just did a great little one week tour of Florida, visited a few uh, companies. I visited Gurkha, Davidoff uh, and uh, Alec Bradley, which is the beautiful sign back there. And uh, I, I thought it something very unique because you don't really see too many uh, brand owners going to other brands that, and again, it's a testament to uh, my relationship with these people like Juan Lopez and I have been uh, friends for a long time. The, the Ruben, the uh, Alan, Alec, and Bradley. You know, I've actually, before I even uh, was a brand owner, I was actually, when you have these multi-vendor events, I became friends with Alan and and he'd actually, Juan, listen, I need, an, I need an extra body. Help me give out cigars at this event. Would you mind, you know, I've done the New York Big Smoke with uh, Alec Bradley. I've done the uh, Cigars International um, Cigar Fest with Alec Bradley, just these type of things. And uh, I have these relationships with these people. So I'm down there and I would, uh, I would actually be down and I'd call me, why don't you guys come to the, and I, I, boom, I come to the office and, uh, and I hung out with, uh, with uh, Juan Lopez from Gurkha, hung out with Eddie Guerrero from uh, Davidoff and then uh, the Alec Bradley guys. It's just so awesome to be down there and uh, visit a few accounts and uh, Florida is just a great place. And hopefully anybody in uh, Florida will be there on the uh, 24th of April. And we got some more stuff too, but uh, we'll talk about that later at another time. Well, that's awesome. Some great events coming up. Uh, hoping to see you at PCA in July uh, one and uh, really excited about the, uh, the upcoming projects, including Jane and John uh, Doe 3.0 and the, uh, the undisclosed uh, new Lawman series that will be coming out later this year as well. And congrats on the line extension to your first Lawman series, the Sir Robert Peel Corona Gorda. So yeah, we're excited, man. We're just uh, you know, as a, as a company, we're small, and uh, we're just continuing to uh, try to give you guys the best uh, possible offerings of cigars. And uh, we thank. I want to say, uh, do I have a little bit left? I want to give a toast to all our supporters, people. That it's it is now one thirty in the morning, uh, East Coast time, and there's mm -hmm. people here still on this. So thank you. Uh, yes. Chrissy Critchfields is out there. She wrote some beautiful stuff. And all you guys out there watching, thank you. Ben Volpicello and Thor and, and everybody's watching. Just thank you. Tanya. Who else is out here? William Cooper is over here, too. Yeah, Coop's in there. Coop's in here watching, too. And 
thank you to all you guys, man. Because if it wasn't for you guys supporting us, we wouldn't be here. I would be where we thought we would be gone. And uh, we're still here. We're still releasing. And until uh, the FDA tells us to stop or uh, or I die, I'm still going to be here uh, pushing the P, uh, power of the P. And I always say this, power of the P, yes, is protocol. But in reality, power of the P is the power of the people. Because this cigar is for the people, by the people. Thank you, guys. Power to the P. Thanks, Juan. Thank you. So for everyone out there, we appreciate your likes, shares, and comments. Thanks to our audience for staying up late with us. It's been a fantastic conversation with the incomparable Juan Cancel of Protocol Cigars. You can always check out our calendar of upcoming guests on our Facebook page, El Oso Fumar. Don't forget to like our page uh, so you can be the first to find out when new shows are popping up. We go live every Sunday at 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. And it's been a fantastic show with uh, Juan Cancel tonight. You can also check out our YouTube page, uh, download, subscribe, and review. Or if you are listening to us later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review buttons. And if you already are a subscriber, uh, do me a favor. Um, unsubscribe, uh, but please don't forget to resubscribe because that helps my numbers. So I can uh, continue to get great guests uh, like Juan Cancel on each and every week. Uh, this was our 163rd take. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always. And guess what, everyone? We'll see you next time. <laughs>